This is the Outer Rim Job. Hey guys, welcome to the Outer Rim Job podcast. Uh, I'm here today with uh, just me and the mats, uh, both Alpha and Beta. Not, I don't remember yeah. which one is which right now, but well, he uh, definitely scored higher last that last game of root. We oh yeah, played. we just yeah, played yeah. root, so, so it just changed alpha, hands. Yeah. All yeah. right, so we got alpha and and beta prime. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to say hi, hi. we got a, a, hey. a big show planned today here. Um, hey, unfortunately, Dane, just three uh, of this us. Is important. Where's Bill? I think he fell asleep during the last episode, and he's still sleeping. Maybe that's possible. He could be anywhere, really. Uh, but we'll he's not come here. Back next time. Yeah, we'll probably <laughs> see Bill next time. He's got a Brian. Um, yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got a, a big show planned here. First, we got the glory hole. We're gonna talk a little bit about the AMG uh, situation. Uh, then we're gonna talk a little bit about the the CIS ships that we didn't cover last time or Separatist. Uh, and then in the schoolhouse, we're gonna talk about uh, the Clone Wars factions. Now that we've had a chance to play them a little bit. Um, then we'll get into how my rim taste. We're going to talk about the TTS tournament we're running and, um, and the Battle of Jakku scenario that we came up with. And then we've got uh, the current hole, but not my bottom bitch, where we're going to talk about uh, Prophecy of Kings for TI4 and Root. All right, we'll see you guys at the show. The Emperor's made a critical error, and the time for our attack has come. Okay, here we are in the glory hole. Um, so we're going to we're going to talk about the, uh, the we've talked a little bit about the change to, from um, FFG to AMG or Fantasy Flight Games to Atomic Mass Games, um, and they're going to be doing a, a Twitch stream uh, February third at one p.m. Pacific. This Pacific. That's a change. At one p.m. They're Pacific. in Seattle now. That's right. Yeah. They are in Seattle now instead of Minnesota. So, um, so it'll be <laughs> what eleven p.m. or eleven a.m. I mean. For us? No, it'll be 3 o'clock in the afternoon for us. It'll no. be 4 o'clock in or the four afternoon. O'clock We're good at math. Lied. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this since like 1 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have any good excuse like that. Um, but anyways, um, so yeah, I guess, I mean, there's, I don't know what, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to see probably some reveals for that next set of uh, Clone Wars ships that we've kind of seen are supposedly coming out on the 19th yeah based on that teaser image that ffg dropped a while ago i think we we can probably assume we're getting a venator and a pelta and a recusant and a providence yeah so um, if you haven't heard we've heard some chatter from some local stores they've been getting hit up by distributors about the next wave of clone wars mm -hmm. armada which we can i think we can safely assume is the Venator. Yeah, well, they put that picture out yeah. that had yeah, those four ships on it. So I think we can we, we can say that that's what it is, um, yeah, based on that picture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that I mean, that's cool. I mean, the Venator, I personally, I think it's just one of like the coolest looking ships in, in the Clone Wars. Yeah, the Providence too. The Providence is cool that too. One. Yeah, so we'll see how those things operate. I mean, I, I assume that the Venator is going to operate similar to other Star Destroyers, probably. Mm -hmm. um, you know. It's a star destroyer. And it'll probably, yeah. you know, it, it's, like, it's like a fire commander in the cartoons. You know, it's got all kinds of fighter bays. So it'll probably have, I would say, at least four 
Squadron, probably four, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll be Command Three. Um, and probably, you know, I mean, if we're if we're taking the assumptions of the acclimator compared to the victory, it'll probably just be a little bit lighter than the Imperial Star Destroyer. Yeah. Is and, my assumption. And if, same assumption. And if you look at back at what happened with the Civil War stuff, like these ships will probably be a big part of the identities of these factions, so they really should round out. Like your the, the ISD and the MC eighty, home one both came out in wave two and mm-hmm. they're still here. So I think it's fair to assume that these ships will probably be a big deal for a long time, so it's exciting times. Yeah, for sure. And then some yeah. more admirals, which I think both the new factions definitely kind of desperately Yeah, need. hopefully they, they get a bunch of them. I mean, we'll assume, I mean, I'm sure there will be at least two or two ships. Every ship Usually, that's come yeah. out has come yeah. with an admiral, so we're going to get yeah. at least two more admirals. Yeah, well, I think I think maybe the Nebulon didn't have one, but, but still, I think it's fair to assume that. I, I think yeah. we can assume that there's an admiral in each box. Yeah. Um, even if the Nebulon didn't have one, which I think it did, but... It might not have. It doesn't matter. We're not going to argue about it. It doesn't matter at all. Every other expansion except that one has definitely had one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So there'll be more in there. Um, there, There's really not much else to talk about that until we actually see this stream. I mean, I'm certainly excited to see what they're doing. And I mean, FFG, no one there cares anymore officially. Because they've either gotten the axe or they're focused on their board games. And yeah. Well, so, or they've moved to AMG. I think there's or a large group that has... Or they moved to AMG has... and AMG doesn't have any idea of like what's going on. Well, so, I think they're yeah. still finishing out the products that are still in the pipeline. Like oh, there's, sure. there's, there's word that there's some X-Wing stuff that's still to come. There's Legion stuff that's still to come. So I think it's fair to assume that these will still be FFG products. And then... Yeah, well, and the thing is, I mean, a lot of the same people well, are mean, still going to be working on these I mean, at AMG. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not... This is the same company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're not going to stop in the middle of anything they were working on. But my, my point was, like, the one guy in marketing at FFG... Sure. That dealt with all the miniatures probably isn't there anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll see. I mean, right now, I don't know if that, I'm sure a lot of you have been to AMG's website. AMG's website is basically the Marvel Crisis Protocol website right now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on there other than Marvel Crisis Protocol. I mean, like, they're like main tabs. One of them is rules. And it's not rules for all of our games. It's rules for our only game. Yeah. Um, so they're obviously going to, I'm sure they're working on a redesign, but... So you guys talked about this last time, but yeah. I wasn't live with you, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about like the the thoughts about moving to AMG, and like, sure, Armada's going to be the the like the bottom. Armada's, like, Armada's always bottom. Yeah, Armada's going to be on the bottom, but it's power it, it's, bottom. instead of being bottom compared to twenty other games, <laughs> push them back. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're bottom to, to three other games. Yeah, I, I don't know so, that. I don't know how much. I don't know how FFG was set up, but I mean, the fact that they have just less stuff going on in general, I feel would be a. I, 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 I think like it's just impossible it's to them. say, but hopefully we'll know more in two weeks. Yeah, and I, I think I think yeah. they said they're going to talk a little bit about uh, organized play on this stream as well. Oh, that's good because that's what I'm really interested in. Because that's what I think where we're going to see the biggest changes. I mean. You know, they're going to make new miniatures and like, we didn't know what they were, FFG was making anyway. So like, I don't know that we're going to make, the games are going to feel different. I really don't think they will. I think we're just, but, but but organized play or OP, that's going to be different almost for sure. Because FFG never could figure out what the hell they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It felt like they wanted to and then. They they would just change it every like like, 10, 10, 12 months. 
Um, I mean, organized play will be big because no one's done anything for the last like year, roughly. Depending, yeah, where you live. Well, depending on where you know where things happen with COVID and vaccines and all that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know that there's really much else to talk about about this stream other than we should all watch it yeah and i'm sure we should talk about it after february 3rd we're definitely going to talk about it after we watch it (laughs) um yeah so we might um, as well talk about the cis stuff we do have yeah we 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 haven't hit that yet yeah no so let's we're going to kind of so in our last episode we read a lot of cards and we it wasn't our finest work yeah it was it was really boring we're gonna do better for you guys now so we're going to try and avoid reading cards like as much as possible going forward. And maybe Bill will wake up and he'll appreciate it and come back to us next time. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully uh, we, we can wake him up here with our incredible banter. Um, so real quickly, um, basically we want to talk about there's two two shifts of the CIS, obviously. Uh, we've got the Munificent and the Hard Cell. Um, for the Munificent, let's do that first. There's the two variants. Um, they're they're really not that different. No, and um, and my hot take no. on these is that you're probably for now with 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 the upgrade cards and things that we have right now. I think you're usually going to see the comms frigate because I think a lot of the value in the munificent is that it's cheap and super efficient. And if you load it out too much, you kind of lose that. Yeah, that's true. But I think they're. I, I think the key is the star frigate's the gunship, and the comms frigate is the. Um, is the squadron pusher. And, and this thing, you know, is very similar to the assault frigate. You, you use it in a lot of the same ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you can put engine techs on it, which is kind of interesting. It's only speed two. Um, but with engine techs, it becomes incredibly maneuverable. Yeah. And I thought, I put a lot of thought into that because like we'll talk about later, I'm running a tournament list with Munificence right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues that I've come across with, with engine techs is that it's not a ship that really wants to navigate. Because if you're pushing squadrons, well, yeah, that's one thing. But if you look at its maneuver chart, it's already got that all the clicks but one at speed two. That's true. So like, I'm I'm always all about naving all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the munificent, you don't really need to to do what it needs to do because it's got that double click at speed two and it's got a click at speed one too. So mm-hmm. doing that navigate is not going to get you much a lot of the time so like you're basically just using navigate to proc engine tax and is yeah. that an efficient use of navigate i no, don't know but you can just you can use it with a token yeah yeah um and you, you can get you know there are plenty of ways to get tokens on on that yeah um, it's so. worth thinking about it's yeah. just not as strong as maybe i initially thought uh the way i'm tending to build them out right now is just throwing turbo laser towers on a comms frigate and call yeah, it a day and call it a day yeah I, there is yeah. that one upgrade that lets you Use fighters as if they were activated in the squadron phase. Yeah, I think there can be some some utility in that. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the munificent. I mean it, it's basically an assault frigate. I mean it's a little different. It's yeah. only command two, which is a nice a nice benefit over the assault frigate. Yeah, that's nice because most of like the time. right now, if you're playing a separatist, you have at least one of these in there as your flagship. You almost usually do. I mean, I actually, I, you know, unless you're just using all hard cells, trying to do a swarm, which yeah. I think is very viable actually. Even yeah. even, even um, then, I. I almost like the survivability that the sure. Munificent has over the hard cell. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question. Yeah, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it, it, again, it's like a solve frigate. It's it's basically the same amount of health and shields. And, yeah, yeah, it gets a lot of value out of the link turbo laser towers because it's got the three red dice out the sides. Obviously, it's also got two out the front. It's got arcs that are very easy to double arc with if you want to in the See, right situation. I actually don't agree with that. See, I thought that before I started playing with it. 
And I think that those arcs are deceptively hard to double arc with. And, or at least consistently and at long mm-hmm. ranges. I've had a very hard time lining yeah. up long range double arcs with this shit. Yeah, I, I, I can kind of see that. That's why I see it as more of like a situational thing if you've got a slow moving target mm-hmm. or if you're go- up against like a large base that's presenting its side to you or something like that. Yeah. But the, the bigger thing for Link Turbo Laser Towers is I think you've got. Um, you got two reds you, in the rear. You've got the two reds in the rear, so you've got an awesome salvo attack, mm-hmm. and you've also got uh, a red flak die, I think, on both of the munificents, right? Yep. So yeah. um, lots of potential uses for Link Turbo Laser Towers. I mean, it, so. it might as well just come with it. Yep. I don't think there's ever... I mean, there probably is, but I don't think there's a, ever a reason to even consider something else in the Turbo I agree. Laser slot on that shit. I agree. Uh, I mean, every all of its dice are red. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're doing with yeah. it, you're rolling a red die, and you now you can re-roll it. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. So I think it just it comes stapled to it. Yeah, and I think you want to keep it light. I think um, another mm-hmm. good card that you could think about is if, if you're pushing squadrons with the comms frigate, uh, reserve hangar decks is great with separatists for oh, reasons yeah. we'll talk about later. <laughs> they have a lot of swarm squadrons that are very, very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that hyperwave comm thing. Mm-hmm. I that was the... You don't like it? I don't like it because it only treats them as they're activated for the purpose of attacking. It doesn't mm-hmm. give them the move also. No, it doesn't. Um, it does hypothetically give you an opportunity to tap two squadrons or, or squadrons twice with the same ship. So I guess that's nice if you're trying mm-hmm. to get get the uh, AI attack on a lot of ships. I just think it's kind of situational. It's more situational than I would like. It's in definitely competitive. situational, but it's cheap. And, you know, it's an easy thing to do um, if you maybe have some extra squadrons that you'll have the ability to activate. Yeah. I mean, that'd be more if you're going probably like a full bomber wing. If you're going all in on your bombers and Mm -hmm. you have them set up and you aren't able to push them that round. Yeah. Sure. And they're already in I think it's just an interesting upgrade that I think is cool. Yeah. Um, One of the titles on it that I think you're going to see a lot, I think it's called Sanalore. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Um, It might be Nasalore. I could be getting those. Sanalore. Okay. It's it's Um, S-A-N-A-L-A-R. And that lets you, it's essentially reactive gunnery for for an evade. Yeah. Um, It lets you spend any token that's uh, readied, I believe, right? Is it specified? Spend a defense token to resolve the the no, evade effect. Any defense token to resolve. Oh, okay. So that that's really. Uh, I think you have a to be at speed upgrade. two. You do have to be at speed two. Okay. Yeah. So that's the limitation. But like, you're gonna be at speed two in a tournament environment where you're seeing onagers all over the place right now. That lets you spend any of your defense tokens to cancel two dice at extreme range, which yeah. is huge. And to dump it. I mean, you could theoretically then dump it for more. I think. Um, yeah, if, if you're, yeah, against a large ship, for sure. Well, but an onager is a large yeah. ship, is the point. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, now, you see, and that's my concern with this ship, and it's speed, too. That's, I think, where engine tax comes in. Mm-hmm. I don't like going up against onagers with ships that are speed, too, unless they're Starhawks. Because mm-hmm. um, stuff gets blown up. <laughs> yeah, it does. Easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Munificent's surprisingly durable, though. It's got mm-hmm. four shields on the front. It's got three on each side. It's yeah. got six hulls. So it'll take a oh, couple take shots a shot from an onager sure. before, yeah. especially yeah. if it's got the Sano or title. Mm-hmm. You're canceling two black dice that are probably going to be doubles, like. You're you're going to cancel a lot of damage coming at for you, sure. So. For sure, having a, having an evade on ships makes a, makes a yeah. huge difference against onagers. Yeah, it really makes that approach, which which I think 
you almost if you especially if you only have one munificent, I think it needs to be Sagnalore. Yeah, if you've got the points for it, and I think yeah, yeah I, I could see that ship becoming like when when the when separatists have um, other big like ship uh, some options. big ships. I think Sagnalore is going to be a really good like secondary support ship to yeah, like, for sure. along with the big ship. Yeah, and I think that's mm-hmm. where I think that's where the munificence really going to shine is when it's when mm-hmm. it's the support ship and not the flagship, right? Because um, oh, you know, yeah. as a flag, it's still kind of squishy, right? And just like assault frigates are. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike the assault frigate, I think it's a little it's a little more maneuverable, even though it's slower. Um, and it's got you know, I mean, it's the same amount of well, it's technically more dice if you got the double R. Yeah. But well, no, it's the same. Yeah. Because um, the assault frigate has that blue out the side. Yeah. And I generally <laughs> I generally prefer speed three, but personally, like against most things that aren't onagers, I'm fine with with this thing's maneuver chart just because it's yeah. it's so maneuverable. You don't need to command. You don't need to nav command it. You can do other things like push squadrons or yeah. concentrate firepower or. And, and this thing is a great squadron pusher. That mm-hmm. that red die uh, for for AA really makes it valuable against squadrons. It allows yeah. you to do all kinds of stuff out at long range before your squadrons jump in. Uh, and can you put ruthless strategist on it? Um, no, no you it can't. doesn't have a weapons no, team. Doesn't have a it. weapons team. Okay. Yeah. But, but uh, I think that's. I mean, it's a cool ship. I, you know, the the model is fucking awesome. It's it's one of my favorites. It it's might be my. Best. It yeah. might be my favorite of the coolest model because honestly, it's a ship that like from the cartoons and the movies and stuff that I'd seen. I was like, that's a stupid looking ship. Yeah, just in general, I may have said this last time, but like I was expecting to hate the separatist ships, but I think they both look great. So did so was I. Like yeah. and, and like the hard sell, like it looks like a flying garbage can, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't. Like I, I yeah, it does. In, <laughs> it does in the cartoon. Yeah, it looks like just a garbage can that has engines that strapped on the sides. Yeah, and like the actual model, like it, it still kind of looks like a garbage can, but like it's not fully garbage can. Yeah, but the munificence right. got all kinds of cool little details and things on oh, yeah. it. So yeah, the detail yeah. on it's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool model. So if you don't have it, buy it just for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. or two um, or three. Yeah, or two or three. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's yeah, talk well. about the garbage can now. I yeah. guess. Yeah, so let's talk about the garbage can. So the garbage can <laughs> is very not garbage. It's an awesome little ship. It's like. It's like if the Nebulon didn't suck, is is what I think of it, the hard sell as. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's cheaper. It's like that. the same health. It has a redirect. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, it's which is one of the big problems of the Neb. Um, and, it, you know, it's got a nice little setup of, of upgrade slots. Um, what's interesting is that this is the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> uh, Separatist. Comms, I want to say comms net ship. Yeah, it's, but it's the comms yeah. net slot. <laughs> yeah. It's the fleet support slot. It's the fleet support slot. So I think that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what I, I think the uh, the two different variants are, are really set up nicely. Um, the, the cheaper variant is the one that has the fleet support slot. Yep. Um, but that one also has squadron value of two, um, which is really nice. I yeah, mean, this it, is it the trans squadron pusher. Yep. Um, it's pretty cheap. And, um, you know, you can put your Bomber Command Center on it, which we've found in just a couple of games, and we'll talk about this later. But the, the Hyenas with the Reds and then Double Red when you're when you're adding with AI, you just absolutely have to have a, that Bomber Command Center somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they're just not that good. Um, we played a game, Matt and I did, um, or Alpha and I, I should say. Um, and he hit me with, like, eight or nine attacks with, with Hyenas, and he did, like, 
two total damage. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it was just like blanks. That might be a slight exaggeration, but it I might have been it's six. that much. There was a lot of double blanks. <laughs> there were a lot of double blanks. There, there were a lot more double blanks and than I don't, anything you else. You might have gotten one double hit. Yeah, that's what happens with red dice, though. So rerolls are important. So, yeah. uh, well, so, I should say I only took like three damage because yes, I was yeah. um, expert shield testing. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, but that's not the ship's fault. Yeah, um, but either way, I think you need need a bomber command center. Yeah, something um, else that Linus. I've seen people suggest with with the transport is it's got the slots to do. Um, Oh, I'm drawing a you blank. You put slicer tools on it, too. You could put it? slicer tools on it. You could also put... Um, the resupplies? No, the thing... Yes, that, you the, can put those on. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not what I'm thinking of. Projection yeah. experts is what I'm thinking of. So you can do projection experts. You can do comms oh, yeah, net. The, you can do rune hako, and you can do Watt tambor. So you can and, like really start sending what, shields out. Yeah, what that does is it lets you like fling tokens around all over the place. And with between Watt tambor, who we can talk about right now, mm-hmm. but he he just like supercharges your engineering ability, and you can just like fling shields all over the place with the comms net. You can get an engineering token where it needs to go, mm-hmm. and it's just like a super like um, pocket repair ship. It, it mm-hmm. gets kind of pricey when you load it out like that. But it's pretty interesting. Maybe not right now, but again, maybe another thing when you get a large it, in the mix. It is, but we kind of already have that with the Redemption Nebulon title, and that never really did anything. But I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, be... And actually, Redemption's way easier to use. Um, like there, yeah, there, there may be but, like faction identity issues going on there, but well, I mean, maybe it might is, it, it, it's di- it's a lot different than that because that each ship has to do a repair command to get the an advantage out of redemption, mm-hmm. whereas this little combo, this ship can do all of it, and the That's other true. ships can do what they want to do, and then it can just throw some shields and stuff onto them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there is some ability or, or some some advantageousness. That's a really shitty word uh, <laughs> to it. But I think it's going to be difficult to set up. And I personally think that by the time you do all that, it's not going to be worth the points you're spending on it. Yeah. I think Um, generally what you're going to want to be doing with these is like either munition supply or um, the... uh, Or just comms net. Art supply or comms Um, net or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got got to have a role for it. I mean, in the, the... the battle refit, I think, works really well as, like, a gun line with Kraken. Yeah. Um, just line them mm-hmm. up and, you know, you have three oh, yeah. red dice, with put slave turrets on it, and yeah. put nothing else on it. Yeah, that's the difference, for the, for the record, between the, the big difference between the um, the transport and the battle refit is that the, the battle refit has a turbo laser. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have the fleet support. I think the transport also has an extra um, officer. That the battle refit doesn't have. Yes. Oh yeah, it does have two officers. That's um, interesting. Two yeah. Officers Th- that's an, an ability for it that I don't think is very good right now. Yeah. But well, as they get they some get more, more officers, officers, it's going to become a lot better. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting thing on a cheap ship to have two officer slots. Yeah. Um, but it's a great little ship. Um, it, it's simple. I think slave turrets works really well on the battle refit. You could do spinals, um, um, but I don't know that you need the two attacks. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah. What's the one everyone's putting on it right now? The, uh, the 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 new upgrade, the turbo laser. Oh, um, swivel mount, swivel mount, the swivel mount. See, yeah. I don't think swivel I don't mount. Like those. There's not there's any a, reason I, I feel that's to a use swivel mount. I think swivel mount's a huge mistake because all you're, you're going, getting is another red die. Yeah. And for one more point, you should just pick spinals. 
And you can go spinals, you can go LTT, you can go slave turrets. I think any. I think any slave turrets. I think slave better. turrets are by far the best call, or yeah. spinals if you yeah. have the points. Yeah. Because um, spinals, then you can still shoot the, the side if you can get the double arc or whatever. It's not a great ship to double arc with. Yeah. Um, it's not like like if it had the Nebulon's arcs, then I would pick spinal. Because the Nebulon is actually very easy to double arc with. You just don't want to because the sides are really squishy. Mm-hmm. This has that same problem, but it is a redirect, so it's less yeah. of a problem. And the front right. arc is wider, so it's less of yeah. less. The arcs uh, on this ship are very similar to the CR-90. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not, it's not exactly the same, but whatever. Yeah. It, it, the front looks that way anyway. So Yeah. I think but they're it. both great little ships. Um, they play well. Um, you know, Again, they're kind of more support ships, so we'll... Yeah. we'll We'll see where this goes um, when we get to the next wave. Yeah, in general, I think this is a solid start to the faction. They've Absolutely. both got a lot of utility, and hopefully we'll see a lot of these ships going forward. I, I think there are Definitely. already things that you can do with them that are competitive. Yeah, yeah, you can um, make competitive lists with these things, with these factions already. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about the Republic a little bit, too, when we get into the, uh, the, tournament. Into the, yeah, into the tournament setup. Um, but, uh, so I guess the next thing we wanted to move or go over is the uh, Separatist Squadrons. Um, we should hit the admirals real quick first. All right, yeah. Um, why don't we talk about the two admirals? Yeah, Kraken and Dooku. So we don't want to read cards, but we might as well just talk generally about what these admirals do. Dooku is kind of like he's he's um what is he? Tw- he's almost like 20, reverse twenty eight points. He is thirty points. He's, he's reverse Thrawn. Really, what he is is he's um he's uh, what's surprise the object? Attack. Surprise attack when yeah. when the separatists yeah. want him and when they want to deploy him. So you get uh you get a token and when you spend that token you throw raid on every opposing yeah. ship. And you know raid is something that a lot of people just like think is not a big deal. Um, but I think as tokens are starting to become more valuable, we've got a lot of cards now that require refreshing or using certain commands to be able to do um, and being able to throw those tokens on there uh, or those raid tokens is Kind of can be can be crippling, especially at the right times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dooku lets you choose which ones they are. Yeah. Um, and then you know if you hit people with like a you know particularly a nav raid at the wrong time, it can really screw up people's plans. Yeah, mm-hmm. or situationally, if, or if you've got an opponent who's yeah. got who's relying on like gunnery teams or um, ECMs, electronic countermeasures now. You throw down uh, concentrate fire or engineering now. I don't think it's going to stop it with. The oh, ECR that's true. Because you can still spend the token. You're, spending right. token. you're not actually resolving, you're resolving the. Command. That's important, and I've I've had to correct. I can't believe I even said this now because I've corrected people on this before. You can still get the token while you have a raid token. Absolutely. So that's an important thing. Yeah. And that's a weakness. I think is is like, I, I think Dooku is going to brutalize certain lists, yeah. but certain lists are just not going to give a shit. Well, it's going to depend how many tokens you can get out there. Like, if you can, if you only have one or two commands that you're going to want to be doing most of the game, um, it, it's not that difficult to get those tokens out early. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dooku could hit you with that twice. So, you know, let's say yeah. you have a, a heavy squadron yeah. list where you're doing a lot of squadron commands. You know, you get squadron tokens. He hits you with the, with the squadron raid. You get rid of it, do your squadron commands anyways. But... You know, next turn he could hit you with another one. Yeah, and that's the trick. Yeah. Like, like when I'm playing against a list that's throwing down raid, or like I had a list that was built to go up against surprise attack one time, 
And what I would do is I, I would make sure I had the token for the command that I wanted to do. So then I would just spend the token and the dial to make sure I was able to do it. Well, then Dooku, if he hits you with the next one the next turn, you're, you you don't have an answer for that you're unless bound. you've been comms yeah. netted. Yeah, but and that's going to be difficult to do on multiple ships, and it's also yeah. going to screw up their order. Because mm -hmm. usually by that point in the game, they're going to want to go with the big heavy hitter with all the squadrons, yeah. it, you know, for, for example, yeah. first. But they're not going to be able to because they're going to have to get a squadron token over to it. Even if you're able to still pull off the command, you're still pulling that token and you're reducing the efficiency of what they're able to do with that. Yeah, animation. at the very least you're doing that. I don't think that is worth it, though. I think you need to like make things hard for them, and you need to be able to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, th uh, I think part of the is we're, we're defaulting to squadrons. Well, that, I mean, I'm talking about that particular case, but right. it's the same thing with NAVs. Yeah. Right, but in you know, so if someone's trying to do a hit and run thing uh, with a ship, you can use raid nav yeah. raids to make that very I, I difficult. Think, I think that's probably where it is. Is we're, we're we automate we're we're automatically going to squadrons because that's I think where, that's like, what a big game easy is that. way to illustrate it. But the yeah. other one is is, is certainly navigate. It, it, it's certainly more you're going to be more impactful hitting like some of the other commands like the navigate. Yeah, I mean, I actually had that happen to me in a game in the tournament we're we're playing right now. Where and it was with surprise attack, not with Dooku. But um, regardless, where the raid tokens and you know I made a mistake, and it just the raid tokens also make it difficult. It, it makes it, it, it like adds an extra level of complexity that can make your opponent make mistakes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's important. And and I think that where, where you can't count on that, they might not make the mistake. Yeah. But you know, at some point, everybody's you know brain has a certain amount of RAM. And at some point they run out, <laughs> and you don't know how much your opponent has, and yeah. well, you may. But um, on, you know, on, if you can, if you can exceed it, and then you know, then then their processor can't handle it anymore. Yeah. On the flip side, though, I don't like relying on that kind of thing. I don't either. To a high level tournament, and one of the reasons I'm not so high on Dooku is because of the next admiral, who is very is just high so on. awesome. <laughs> So I, I feel Dooku has a lot of potential, personally, but it's just it would take a high level player with a lot of experience with him to really get the full benefit out of him. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And and there's also going to be some most like I mean, there's a bunch of new things coming yeah. out we don't know about. Yeah, there like, may be some things might, that synergize really well. He might work on another ship or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that we haven't seen. And but, there's probably some concept somebody's going to come out with with Dooku that's like really nasty. Yeah. or you know they'll get like a raid squadron or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, combined with slicer tools, I mean, you know, you can start really fucking with what people are trying to do, and if, and if they need to do certain things and you can stop them, that can yeah. give you a huge advantage. Yeah. If you have the right list. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. Definitely a high skill level, I think, for the most part, with you. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Kraken. Yeah, so Kraken is awesome. Yeah. And it's <laughs> really easy to use. Same point cost, 28 points, right? That's what it is? Yeah. 30 Oh, 30 points. So they're he both 30, 30 points. So he should be 30, yeah. Yeah, but um, he's easily worth 30 points. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. And basically what he does is when you have a ship at medium range of an enemy ship, your other ships, when they're shooting at that enemy ship, can flip a die yeah. to a crit or an accuracy. To anything Any with, one, anything icon. with one icon. So in, yeah. in practice, that's a crit or an accuracy. Exactly, because no one's going to choose a single hit. <laughs> Um, unless for some reason you didn't want to do a crit. Or is it somehow a black die? Or, yeah, yeah, black die, yeah. Maybe. Right, yeah. Yeah, know. black die. Because, um, yeah, it certainly works on black die still. Yeah, but yeah. This, this, um, this guy is awesome. And it's what's really nice about him is all the Separatist ships, at least right now, are have a lot of red dice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And red dice are blank a lot. Yes. And, and Kraken is what makes 
you know, you don't need necessarily link turbo laser tower if you have crack it. You can get away without it. And you can start putting other things in those slots. This is why slave turrets are spinal. This is why slave is turrets is better, better than link turbo laser towers if you have Kraken. Yeah, and if you're spamming hard cells. Exactly. So it really allows you to. I think the real key to this thing and where it really gets good, and you know, because for the most part, it's just intensified firepower, but it goes to a crit. That's a little bit better, whatever. But where it's really great is being able to go into an accuracy when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on what you're going against, that can that can really make a big difference. Yeah, especially now that evades have been supercharged a little bit. A lot of the times, yep. you're just going to be plinking away, and these are going to be attacks where maybe you're not getting much mileage out of locking down the brace, but locking down the evade will prevent your opponent from canceling out a double or canceling out two dice or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, and there's all kinds of stuff you can... And, and just, to, you know, it allows you to, you know, maybe you rolled one, and now you can get a second one, um, you know, to... For whatever you need, depending on the situation. So it's really versatile, it's really good, and it's really easy to do. Yeah. You I don't think there's have... much more to say about it than that. Yeah. It's... <laughs> like, <laughs> he's 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 a top-tier admiral across the entire game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it really does boost up your damage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And something else that's important to point out is I think he's only once per activation, but that is oh, opponent's yeah. activations, too. So he'll work on your salvo. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, that's which is huge. Yeah, um, you know, especially with your your two red dice munificent salvo. Yep. Um, another nice thing it lets you do, and I didn't really realize how valuable this was until I, it was used against me. It really lets you fish for doubles. Yep. And just okay, well, I got link turbo laser towers anyways. I'm gonna re-roll this. Just to see if I can get a double. Yeah. And you don't get it that often, but sometimes you do. Yeah, that's what I've been doing with my tournament list. (laughs) Yeah. And the Mm -hmm. TTS tournament we're playing is I'll I'll just use that to fish. So, yeah. So, good admirals. We'll obviously see some more at some point in the future. Uh, But they're both cool. Uh, Moving on to squadrons. Yeah. Um, So, they've got the the four base squadrons, the Vulture, the Tri-Fighter, the Bellabub? Bellabub. No one knows how to say that. Bellabub. And then the... um, What's the other, the hyena? Yeah. Bomber. So let's just hit these quick because I yeah, think, let's just hit I think them quick. They're, they're easy to compare to Imperial. They squadrons. are. The Vulture is really like a shitty TIE fighter. It's a shitty TIE fighter that has one more health. And the. Um, uh, personally, I think you're not going to see many of these. You don't see many TIE fighters, you're not going to see many Vultures. Let's yeah, move on. They're garbage. <laughs> People are not garbage. Yeah. You just, you're not going to see a lot of them. No. The one you are going to see a lot of is TIE fighters, especially because of reserve hangar decks. These, these fuckers are excellent. They're very, very yes. good. And the, the, the main, I think, advantage of them over an Interceptor is that they have a black anti-ship die. Yeah. So they're like A-wings fighting against, ship, or against ships instead of uh, Interceptors, which are almost worthless. Yeah. Um, this makes them yeah. really good at, like, escorts. So, you know, you maybe have three or four of them, like, you know, two or three reserve hangar decks or more if you can fit, yeah. fit them. And now you've got kind of a nice little anti-squadron wing. Um, that's hard to bring down because yeah. of, because of reserve hangar deck. They all have counter. They all have swarm. If I'm not doing a max squadron type separatist list, I'm probably always going to be looking at four tri fighters with reserve hangar yeah. decks backing them up. Like, and that's just what's awesome. really nice about them oh, yeah. versus the imperial version of that, which is still very effective, obviously. Um, is is that you can put them, you know, hit them if you're fighting a fight facing an uh, squadronless fleet. 
you can just line them up in there and, and start plinking away with black dice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is nice. And, and these guys are just going to rip up opposing squadrons, too. They're, they're mm-hmm. really just great all around. They've got the counter, too. And they've got two aces that are worth mentioning because I think you're going to see a lot of them. There's the Flak sure. Arfok prototype, which mm-hmm. is um, expensive. But um, any enemy squadron that ends its action engaged with it suffers damage. So it's kind of like a reverse Mauler. Uh, Mauler. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other one is the DIS. I don't remember what the numbers are. It's DIS something. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's this got, one. Dis, yeah, dis. And, uh, <laughs> Not that, it's dis. <laughs> and it's, it's got snipe three. Yep. Um, so that'll work, and AI will work with that too. So it can snipe with four dice. And I believe its attacks can't be obstructed. They cannot be obstructed, so stick that, that guy true. in the yeah. middle of an obstacle and go to town. Yeah, and then everything coming in is obstructed. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, it's the squad like, version so of So, you know, Janus. honestly, you have the AI anti squadron one. It does work. It does work on snipe. Yeah, it does work on snipe. Yeah, so if you're activating yeah. it, it, it has essentially you're, snipe four. It's it's different than the regular attack though, because you're not getting a red die. They're, they're all going to be blue dice. There will all be blue dice, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but like I'm, I as an imperial player primarily, I'm always a big fan of throwing saber squadron in my list. This is way better. It's a lot well, yeah, more expensive, obviously, but yeah. it's got defense tokens. Um, and yeah, it's got the defense tokens. That's really all you need that's to say. That's the main it's, thing. It's yeah. got yeah. counter also. Saber doesn't have counter. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so that's another big thing. This this is just awesome. So like, I'm probably going to be including this one in every one of For my sure. separate oh, lists. Oh, definitely. Um, that uses a lot of squadrons. Yeah. Um, so I guess we might as well move on to hyenas now. Yeah. Um, hyenas. Um, unremarkable anti-squadron dice. I think it's blue black, but they've got uh, a red bomber die with. AI uh, anti ship. So yeah. if they're being yeah. pushed, they throw two red dice at ships. Which you know, in, in our game we played them. You used a few of them, and they weren't very effective. Yeah. But if you have a bomber command center, these things can be just really gnarly. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it just it, it's it's really spiky damage. I mean, you can really do a lot do, of damage out of these things. Playing Imperial, I do, I did I do like playing with Phantoms. Mm-hmm. The fact with the problem with Phantoms is they're way is, too expensive. They're way too expensive, and they don't have any good keywords. Yep. For what the, the only thing they have is cloak, which is kind of garbage. Which is kind of garbage, but they do have that red die, mm-hmm. and with Sloan, you can get some mileage out of that. Yeah, because you can get some re rolls that way. You get some re rolls, or you can farm the accuracy. But or you know, it doesn't have bomber. But it doesn't have bomber, which makes that red die way weaker. I mean, that's mm-hmm. two more misses on that die, yep. um, and only one of those faces lets you re roll with Sloan, whereas this. Those two, those you know, those two crits are hits. Yeah, and you can re-roll the three misses on the red die, and yeah. it's like a quarter of the cost. Well, it's like seventy percent of the cost. Yeah, we're <laughs> well, exaggerating a, 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 quarter, a quarter. A quarter of this. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, <laughs> a discount of a quarter. It's a discount. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something I worry about yeah. with these. And this it doesn't is... have the anti-squadron that the the phantoms do, though, right? I mean, they have four four. No, yeah, and that's that's something I worry about with but. with this and Empire Two a little bit now with the rules changes. Is mm-hmm. that separatist squadrons are very specialized? Yes. And if you're loading up on hyenas, that means you're not taking a lot of anti-squadron firepower, yeah. respectively. So you're going to run into this problem sometimes where you're going to go up against a max opponent squadron ball. And you're probably not going to have enough firepower to push through that. And well, you're going to get tied up, and you're not you going to be able to go to work on ships. The thing is, I think that's mitigated by the fact that you've got those munificence with red anti-squadron die. Mm-hmm. That you can you know, fire at them that way. Maybe use some ruthless strategists. Well, no, you can't use that. You can't use that. But yeah. regardless, 
Um, you know, and and the the tri fighters are still very good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, maybe you don't have, you know, you're not going to maybe have a list with four, you know, five or six hyenas, but maybe you have, you know, two, three, four, and then the rest are tri fighters or or other things that are going to make it harder to, you know, that are, that are easier to deal with other people's squadrons. I think with a separatist too, compared to Imperials at least, because Imperials you could do a full bomber ball with Rhymer. Yeah, well, and then the and you could kind of get away strategist. with it, and there's ruthless strategies. But with like separatists, though, I think if you want to go heavy on your bombers, I still you, you still want to throw in s- some kind of a mix between hyenas and like tri fighters. Yes, yeah, for sure. You still need them. Although, and that, this is true right now, right? You know, we may get a ship that can take ruthless strategist and still has a red and you know flak die, and you know there may be a ship that that yeah. solves this problem. Um, in the future, at some point, um, there are two two heroes for the for the hyenas. One of them is awesome. If you're like touching whatever you're attacking, you can just add another die. Yeah, you have to take a damage to do that, right? Though I'm not sure. Yes. Um, so you could throw three red dice if you're yeah. being pushed, which is which, is which can be great. It's kind of situational, so that's why I'm not so high on that one. It's got defense tokens, so that's always nice. Yeah, I mean, but three, you know, three squat, three dice against a ship. I mean, that's like another ship. Yeah, it is. you know, yeah, it's I like mean? a decimator kind of. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you can re-roll one of them because of your hopeful bomber command center somewhere. Yeah. So I mean, you could really spike up some damage with these things. I think they're they're interesting, and like you said, they're very specialized. Um, but I think they're really good. You know? Yeah, and then the last thing, I guess we might as well move on to the last um, ship type, is the Belbalab. Yeah. Um, what's notable about these is I don't think they have AI. They um, don't. They no. have double blue, double black as their anti-squadron. They're just solid all around, five hull, four speed. They have a black anti-ship die. Well, the the hero does. The, the regular one, I think, is blue. Yeah, Grievous um, is very good. I, the regular ones, I feel like, are just okay. Yeah, so the, the big thing about these, the only reason you would really want to put these in your list is for relay and if you've already put Grievous in your list. So that allows you to use the offensive retrofit slot on your Munificence or other ships for, like, reserve hangar decks instead of boosted comms. Mm. So that's kind of how I've thought about it. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of regular Belbeloves. I'm sorry. I know I'm saying it wrong. I, I, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> but Grievous is awesome. Yeah, he's got Relay, um, too. Yeah. So he 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 does double what the regular yeah. Belbelab does. And, and then, then they have a new a new keyword screen, which is almost like anti escort. Um, yeah. I, I actually kind of feel like Grievous. It's reverse swarm, kind of in a way. Yeah, actually, that's a better way to say it. Um, but I feel like Grievous is kind of the fighter that Darth Vader should have been. Yes, I agree. Um, Darth Vader squadron. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and and it's actually the ship is is pretty similar, really. You know, it's four speed, five hull, two blue, two black, um, and he can add. Uh, his crits to his damage when he's attacking a ship or squadron with no readied defense tokens. So no green tokens. Yeah. He can count as crits. And importantly, that counts against generics, too, because they do not have ready defense right. tokens. Right, and I think that's kind of the purpose yeah. of Grievous, is that he's supposed to be not that great or not anything special against heroes, but against, like, regular generics. He just murders And you're going to be seeing a lot of generics now with that ace cap, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, uh... yeah, so everyone, anyone with a full squad list is going to have... At least four or five generics, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unless their rogues are real expensive. But at least two or three almost. All even the time. those rogues will be generic, though, too. Yeah. So, some of them. Yeah. 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 He's just good all around. He's got the double brace. Yeah. And, and he's and got the relay. Screen is for each squadron uh, adjacent 
that you're engaged with or that they're engaged with other than you, you get dodge one. So it lets you re-roll them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, they uh, you know they're they're all pretty cool. Um, so I'm excited to to get these try and you know try these out a little more. Um, and uh, you should buy them. Yeah. If you haven't yet. Yeah. We should probably talk about some archetypes over in the schoolhouse now. Let's do that. Yeah. Why don't we head on over to the schoolhouse, guys? <laughs> we'll see you there. You're required to maneuver straight down this trench and skim the surface to this point. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. A small one-man fighter should be able to penetrate Princess Leia. Okay, here we are in the schoolhouse, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here we're going to talk about, I lost my show notes, hold on. Um, we're going to talk about the Clone Wars faction, yeah. some lists we've played with them now that we've uh, had a chance to play with them and get them out in the wild a little bit. Um, so, for, you know, I guess first first thoughts for, from you guys. So my first thought, now that I've played with them a little bit, is I think I said before that I did not think that these factions would be competitive right out of the box, mm -hmm. and I am saying right now that I was wrong. I think that there are some competitive builds. Maybe they're not, like, super top-tier min-maxed, but I think that you can put together some lists right now that can compete with some very competitive I don't squads. think there's any question I agree about with that, that. yeah. They're, they're, they are definitely competitive. But you kind of have to lean towards sort of an either either an MSU build or a heavy fighter build. Yeah, it's kind of the only option you have, and that's true with both factions. And, right and part of the reason yeah. for that is I think that these are both great fighter factions. They are. Although um, I mean, I mean, you could make that argument about every faction. Uh, more so Republic, but uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, all the factions have some good fighters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I would say less so with Rebels, but yeah. Oh, see, I yeah. I don't agree. I mean, all the really nasty squadron lists, other well, I guess not all of them, but a lot of the the, the deadly Riken list was Rebel squadrons. Yeah, yeah, you know, and B wings are maybe still the best squadron if you can get them there. Yeah, uh, although they, uh, the the Arc One Seventies are definitely giving that a run for its money. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would actually now that I'm actually thinking about it, I think that the Arc One Seventy is. Hands are hands down better than the B wing. I would agree with that, <laughs> um, yeah. particularly because of hyperspace rings. Which I think is a, an upgrade that we've probably talked about already. Probably. Yeah. Um, but it gives you Scout 1, which allows you to essentially just deploy your fighters anywhere. Yeah. Um, totally fixes their speed 2 problem. Yeah, and you can do it before you even put any ships down, too. Yeah. So that's yeah, and it, and it lets you yeah deploy them before you put a ship down, which is really nice um, for deployments. Yeah. So, like, what kind of builds... Um, have, have you been seeing that uh, you, you think are particularly effective at this point? So, you know, I, I played against a, a list that was like seven of the Chargers. Yeah, JJ's list. Yeah, and he <laughs> uh, absolutely slaughtered me in the, in a TTS game. And, you know, he used, I, I played Surprise Attack and Ray just, just rat-fucked me. And then he was able to line up yeah. a ton of double arcs and just go to town. Yeah, and that was um, a Kenobi list too, right? It was. I think that's. I was having a hard time initially thinking of what a good Kenobi list looks like, but for now, I think it's probably it's, the MSU. it's a CR seventy spam mm -hmm. or C even C seventy, whatever. With, with it is. Them yeah. only having one redirect, you kind of feel that, that that's an issue, but it's 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 not really. It's yeah. not as bad as, as I initially thought. Yeah. Um, 
and you know you gotta you have to fly smart with it. I don't think mm-hmm. it's an easy thing to do really well with. Um, but if you can keep them at long range between the evade and then the redirect reducing damage, you can limit the attacks coming in. You know, you can really mitigate a lot of damage coming in. Yeah, if you at keep at long range, you're canceling a die and you're canceling a damage, so up to three damage. Right. Yeah. So that's that's huge on it a is. small ship. And then you and unlike with expert shield techs, with Obi Wan, you're still getting the redirect effect. Yep. Yes. Uh, or so, you can get the expert shield techs effect if you yeah, want to. Yeah, you can combine the two of them and reduce Double it by up. two damage. Which I've seen people do. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're going to see probably more often on the uh, the bigger ships, but yeah. I don't think it's worth it on a bunch of them. Yeah, because um, it just gets too pricey. But um, yeah, it, this may though become like an Akbar thing where maybe they're not going to get a double redirect ship because they have Obi Wan. That's <laughs> possible. Yeah. yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, um, and you know I think we're kind of seeing a new design philosophy where that fourth token. You know, it's not it's another salvo, redirect. Maybe. It's a salvo <laughs> now, yeah. Um, but we'll find out. I mean, we'll see when the next light of shed of ships come out. We could be totally wrong, and the Venator will have two redirects. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? It is a star destroyer. It so is a star destroyer. Too. All the other, but so the Acclimator is a star destroyer too, isn't it? Or is it? Is the Acclimator a star destroyer? Technically, no. I don't know. Not it might not. not I don't know if it has a, a keyword or not, but it doesn't. Um, anyway, regardless, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a triangle. I think. Um, <laughs> you know, I think. I think that's a. That's a more uncommon build. What I'm seeing more often is like you get like a C70 and then two acclimators. That's and then yeah. like max squadrons. Like that's a very solid build. I think JJ Absolutely. took that in the Vassal World Cup. And yeah, and then usually you're going to see some hyperspace rings yeah. in there. Um, I've been putting. I have a list that I put together similar to that, and I put uh, expanded hangar bays and hyperspace rings, uh, which allows you to have all. You know, I have eight squadrons in the list. Yeah, and all eight of them can deploy wherever they want. Yeah, and I think ideally you want to use both of the uh, acclimator titles because Navuda B is great with squadron yeah. pushing, and then um, Implacable is just awesome because it lets you like s- split your enemy's fire for them. Basically, like you're you're splitting your damage between two different ships. Yep. It'll make it yeah. more yeah. difficult to focus down. And it lets you repair, right? Doesn't it let you repair um, squadrons. Or is that I, another thing I think that it, mixed it up with? lets you. I think Maybe. it lets you take, lets you damage, take damage from else, a squad. Not repair. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Right. So, so you know, good, good, good admirals and abilities and yeah. And I really I like mean, the the Republic stuff. I think yeah. it's um, one thing D- JJ did to me that I thought was a really clever use. Um, he put flag bridge on his acclimator, and then put intensify firepower. Um, and that combined with a large group of... You got six things shooting at you. That's yeah, horrible. and they all have a bunch of red dice. I mean, it really... You know, he had a bunch of double arcs. And granted, I made some mistakes that allowed him to do that. But, you know, he was able to... Intensify Firepower got him at least 10 damage. Yeah, usually I don't like the idea of Intensify Firepower on Flag Bridge just because you can only use it once. See, but I with don't that like, kind of list, yeah. like, if you can set it all up so you're getting, like, one round where you've got everything focused on... And with that kind of list, with the C-70s, they're so maneuverable that you're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be worth it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... I, Flag Bridge is a cool upgrade that I think... I'm, I'm really glad is in the game. Because it lets you do some of those... Um, what are, what are those called? Fleet supports? Um, fleet command? Fleet command. Yeah, yeah it's really similar to the combat You're, slot you're able to work those into your list without being forced to take a large Yeah, ship. and some of them, like particularly All Fighters Follow Me, I think is one that you really only need to use once anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, Entrapment um, Formation is another one where mm-hmm. like, if you, if you have a key turn where you just want to engage, you can use Entrapment Formation once and you're cool with yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah, or the other speed one, or the, the one with the clicks. I forget what it's called. Take evasive action. Yeah, I kind of like to have that yeah, one all yeah. the time. That one's good all the time too. I mean, the thing is, you like all of them all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's you need. Some a of them moves. are better all the time than others. That's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all fighters follow me. I think is an example of one that is can That's be one very use. good, but you really only need it once. Yeah, uh, like I have a Starhawk list. I used it. With to go to go get the onager like and that's then, what it's for. Yeah, it's got, I have all fighters follow me to go get the onager. <laughs> yeah, so I can hit him in round two with speed three squadrons. Yeah, you can't really do it without it. Mm, yeah, it's you can, but with a couple, but it's difficult. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I so think yeah. you can even do triple acclimators. Is I think a potentially decent list. Yeah, yeah, um, you can fit three acclimators in with with I think full squadrons. Squadrons. I've got a list I yeah. want to try with that. Um, yeah, and there's certainly some some viability there. And it's a cool little ship. It, it, it's you know it looks a lot like the Victory when you look at the card, but it, yeah. it doesn't seem to play very much like it. Mm-hmm. In the speed no, three different. makes a big difference, which allows it to do what you know people do with, with ISDs, which is hit and run. Yeah, because you can't do that with the Vic because it can't get past anything at speed two. You can't like jump over a large base. Yeah, and this is still difficult because you don't get any clicks at speed three. But if you're not lined up directly, it lets you get past some shit. It's it's not only just the fact that you can jump past; it's you're able to close. Yeah, too. Because yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, like if you're up against an onager and you want to close it fast, yeah, you need to get in there. But even comparing it to something like Harrow, which that can close just as easily, uh, maybe probably better, really, but. but it can't run away as easily because, you know, sometimes the double move, there's not room to fit in between. Yeah. And, it, you know, that doesn't come up a ton. Yeah. But it does come up. Yeah, and that's big when you're trying to get out. Right. Like, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's a big difference. Like, if you're positioned in front of another enemy ship and you want to shoot and scoot the fuck out of the way, like, you can't do that with Harrow. You're no. get stuck. No, you'll get stuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, and I think the Acclimator is a really cool ship. Um, yeah. It's one of the few ships that, too, when you get to the second variant, it just, like, adds a die in the front. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of them don't add, they usually just change. Yeah. Um, this mm-hmm. one actually adds it and uh, gets, gets that blue die. Same thing with the Munificent, though. I kind of um, think that the, the cheaper variant, there's more value there. Yeah. Like, if you lose an Acclimator, you don't really care all that much, because it's cheap and you probably don't want to load it out a ton. Um, and, and there's there's See, value I don't know that I agree. There, there certainly is, and, they, and it's definitely viable. But I also think that there's a place for the heavily loaded ones too. Um, you can because you can put ECM on it. You know, you want to put it screams to add, have racks and and uh, and towers, link turbulation mm-hmm. towers, and then racks are on there. And then you know, clone gunners is an upgrade that at first I really thought was too hard to make go, and I'm coming around on it a little bit. Because Clone Gunners isn't an upgrade. Because initially, my initial read on Clone Gunners was, oh, well, I want to try and make this go every single round. You know, so I always get a free accuracy because that seems really awesome. And it would be. But you don't need it all the time. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's a thing that's actually not... My first thought was, oh, well, I'll have two acclimators. They'll both get a token. One will use the other one, and then they'll both do it. But what you want to do usually, in in my experience, is you want to keep some support ships in the back with a token to use for clone gunners. And it's got to be distance five. It can be the ship that's out of, you know, once you get into the game, it can be that ship that is out of position. You know, can start just getting that token to fuel your clone gunners. Yeah. And while you're doing other things, and that's, you know, you, you need to have a munitions ref- uh, with it, munitions resupply. Resupply, yeah, that's, that's the word. Um, and that allows you to dump those concentrated fire tokens just all over the place. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a cool card that in the right situations is really huge. Yeah. On the separatist side yeah. of things, um, you know, I'm I'm having a little bit more trouble building lists out with them just because, like we kind of hinted at earlier, I kind of see both of their ships more of like ideally being support pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, than, like, the main brunt of your battle force. Um, I'm trying a... I'll talk about this in a little bit, but I'm trying a triple munish, uh, munificent list um, mm-hmm. that uh, I think is a decent squadron-pushing list. Yeah. We'll see. And then um, when you've got a bunch of tri-fighters. Yeah, it, right? it's, it's just basically so it's, all tri-fighters. It, it, it's kind of a, a, a separatist variant of that three assault frigates and A-wings list. Yeah, it's the same kind um, of thing. It's yeah. same same idea, anyway. Yeah. Um, but it maybe is a little better because um, yeah. you, you you bring them back to life with reserve hangar decks. Um, you've got the the, the red AA uh, against you know other people's fighters, or if not, you know obviously you're going to be hitting their ships with it. So yeah, and I think the more common build that you're seeing right now is um, like a munition and then a munificent and, and a bunch of hard cells because yeah. like then you you're yeah. like Kraken is another admiral where he's like Akbar. Um, well, all admirals are kind of like this, but more so with with these guys is that the more ships you have, you're getting a lot more mileage out yeah, of them. Yeah, it's more because of a force you're getting more shots. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like you, you you get a munificent maybe as your flagship, and then you just fill it out with hard cells as much mm-hmm. as you can and spam them, and you've got all kinds of red dice. I've, I've got a list I, I put together and I played with it once, I, and uh, it was I, I I really liked it. I think it's an interesting concept. It's it's five hard cells. With Kraken and five Tri Fighters and reserve hangar decks and yeah. slave turrets on everything, and it's kind of boring. I mean, it's not a real exciting list, <laughs> but you know, it lines up across from you with and each one just four reds, yeah, and then each one can do a squadron command and command its one Tri Fighter if it needs to, um, and then they've yeah. all got reserve hangar decks. So I've got five more Tri Fighters so waiting in the die. wings, yeah, right. Or if they do, then you can get them back and then run them away so you don't yeah. lose the points. Um, and it, it helps protect you against their squadrons pretty effectively for the most part. Yeah. And uh, with Kraken, I mean, you can really hammer the damage on. You can add up quick. Oh, yeah. It definitely adds it adds up a lot quick because it's that one accuracy doesn't seem like a lot. No. But if you can, like, hit, like, that one token that they had, like, that one redirect. Or and you get to choose evade. it after your roll. So, you're like, okay, yeah. well, they got an evade. Well, I've got to double this time. So you don't get to use that evade. Yeah. And, you know, maybe on the next one, well, I didn't roll a double, so I'm just going to change this accuracy I rolled to another damage. Right. So now you can, yeah, you can evade one and brace, but you're still taking a damage, and now you're starting to burn your defense tokens. Yeah. And that's why those MSUs, you know, they just they burn your, your ability to mitigate damage down quickly, and uh, then you start blowing yeah. up. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think the, both factions are, are super both, viable. Yeah, the only right thing, the, the only thing I haven't really seen is a, a fighter separatist, a fighter based separatist. So I've got some lists list. I've put together, um, and I haven't really tried. Them I mean, yet. I haven't really seen one. And I'm sure, I'm sure people have been building. Them. Yeah, just, I mean, I played against some, you know, one map put together, um, and they're I think they can be very effective for the, for the most part. And you know, the fighters aren't going to change a ton going forwards. They're already pretty legit. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that they kind of need. Very good if they, they need a. They need like, a large base to really make a lot of the stuff you want to do viable. But they're going to be getting that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure the Providence is going to be a large base. I mean, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, and I mean, really, I think it's it's more they just they need 
one ship that has a, like a squadron four value. Yeah, with like an expanded. I don't know that they maybe. do. I mean, you can you can put expanded hangers. I think on the uh, Munificent. It's got three already. Yeah, okay. So you yeah. get to four, um, and you know they're they're pretty you just need cheap. To play around with it. Yeah, so I, I think you can certainly push the squadrons. I think the pro the problem is that the bomber command center ship isn't twenty points. It's forty or fifty. Yeah, you know, and you actually need to use it as part of your list. And you need to, yeah, that's just going to put it in. It's going to be easier to get you're, into you're the bomber command into range. The yeah, but yeah, you're going to have to use its ability, you know, its dice, and its. You know, shields or whatever to to be part of your combat list, which I that, think is that, a good thing. That's not all it's doing, yeah. But yeah, whereas with you know with a, a transport or a Gazanti, all it needed to do was stay at long range with boosted comms and um, what's it called? Uh, you know, allow bomber dice to be re-rolled. Yep. So, but I think that's a cool cool change. It, it makes them feel a little different not having these super cheap flotillas uh, available. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's. Um, you know, the Republic, um, we've talked about them a little bit. The, the two variants on the CR-90, well, it's not the CR-90, is it C-70? C-70, I think. C-70, yeah. Uh, what's kind of interesting is one is kind of like a CR-90A, and the other one is kind of like a Raider 2. Um, well, or, or it's probably more like a Raider 1, but... Yeah, I, I feel like the, the best way to think of them is... Depending on which version you're talking about, they're somewhere in a mix between like the Hammerhead, the Raider, and the CR90. Mm-hmm. They're in like some like gray zone, like kind of in the middle. What I really like about the uh, the cheaper variant um, is you can obviously you can put racks on it, which is cool. But it's got two blue AA, and two blue yeah. AA is really nice. I mean, I wish it had a. Um, I wish you could put leading AA shots on great. it. Yeah, you're right. Any double AA is great. I wish you could put leading shots on it because any well, I don't know if it'd be worth it, but. You know the double blue AA is really nice, and the the big difference between the double black AA is the extra range. And even though it's only like an inch and a half or like two inches in between close and medium range, it's just that's where the fighters usually are. Yeah, and something I really yeah. like about it too is if you're using it as a support ship with that uh, fleet support upgrade, mm-hmm. like you're going to be obstructed often, but. You're, you're just losing a die then instead of not being able to make an anti-squadron attack. That's a really good point. Right. The second die makes it so, you know, shooting through a ship or through a rock, it's still you're still throwing dice at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks on the one hand that you're paying a lot more for just like a support ship, but on the other hand it can do more than just sit back and hand out tokens or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or even if you don't use that, because you have to use a title for it to give us fleet support. Yeah. Um and it takes away its ability to have uh, weapons slots. Yep. Yes. Uh, but um, even you know, without that, you can put racks on it, and and it actually, you know, I did this was in one game that I did this, so it's kind of a small sample size. But you know, it it was the the anti squadron ship that I think the raider was supposed to be, and it can actually perform that role. Whereas I feel like the raider, because of the short range, just really can't get it done. Um, now that may have been situational with the one game I played, but you know it also allows you to on the way on the way to delivering that close range racks shot, which it does just just as well as the raider does. Um, you can, you get to hit hit their squadrons on the way in. Um, yeah, and you can actually use it to kind of protect your your bigger ships. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I like those those ships. I think the uh, I think that's I mean that's really about it. I don't yeah. want to. 
go into too much more detail about specific lists and we'll, we'll get into that, you know, archetypes and stuff, you know, recommend recommendations and, and ways to go against and play with certain, certain, uh, clone war stuff. But I think we need to wait. Until yeah. If, if the rumors are true, we'll be out. able to talk about this in a lot more detail and in what's going to be the yeah. next episode. Yeah. To be <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. if it comes up the 19th, it's going to be out in like a month. I mean, yeah. we're not going to record before that. No yeah. way. There's no chance we're going to record before <laughs> the 19th. No way. Sorry, fans. Yeah. It's, this is all you get. Yeah, this is it. Um, three of us, two months late. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I think that's about it for uh, the Schulhaus here. And uh, we're going to uh, step on out and head into How My Rim Taste. All right, here we are and How My Rim Tastes. Uh, we got a couple uh, things to talk about here. Probably quick hitters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, quick hitters for the most part here. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk a little bit long, a little bit longer about Jakku, but uh, to start off with, we've, we're working on a TTS tournament uh, right now. We're doing a uh, just a local one in Michigan uh, as a kind of a, a tryout tournament, and it's going pretty well. Um, but we are going to be uh, scheduling a, uh, a tournament for for all of our listeners and anyone that wants to join. Uh, so it's going to be an online tournament, TTS, and um, probably April ish. Yeah, we're thinking either March or April, yeah, late March, it. early April in that yeah. range, kind of right around when Adepticon was supposed to be. Um, is kind of where we're targeting, um, and we're going to be we'll obviously be announcing that on the Facebook, and we'll talk about it at our next step. On our next, we should episode have another episode before that. We'll, we'll have another episode about. before that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we'll talk about it a little more detail at that time. But I just wanted to. Kind of get it in everybody's heads that there's going to be a big tournament coming up. And it, the, the format, what we're going to do, um, is what a lot of people are doing on, on TTS tournaments. But we're going to do one game per week. Um, you schedule your, your game with your opponent. And we'll use the uh, the ORJ Discord for that. If, you, if you're not already a member, um, you can find us on. I don't know how to tell people how to find it because I'm too old. You can to message us Discord. and we'll send you a link for it. Yeah. There we go. Or we could just post the link on the Facebook page again. Yeah, we'll do that oh, too. We'll do, we'll, too. We'll do both yeah. of those things. You can either send us a message or we'll just find it on our Facebook page. Um, in fact, there's probably a place, we like a sticky kind of place we can find yeah, it in, the, in our profile or something. We should something. probably do that if we haven't already. We're going to figure out how to do that. Um, <laughs> We're old and not techni- technologically. Yeah, well, not adults. all of us are that old. Brian might be know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can make him do yeah, it. Yeah, we'll have him do it. Yeah. He's our like token young person. Um, who like knows about the internet. <laughs> um, but anyway. In the meantime, we've got this local TTS. Yeah, in tournament. the meantime we're doing a local one. We've we got should one probably round recap in it in detail next time. Yeah, I don't know if we should talk about the one round we played. I already no. talked about my game a little bit anyway. Yeah, JJ we fucked can... me up. <laughs> yeah, but we can hit our lists and a recap next Yeah, we'll time, talk about it later. Um I am using tag though. I want to just throw that out there. We're That's exciting. Them out. That's yeah. spicy. It is. We, we are seeing teaser. some interesting lists in this tournament. We've got we a good are. variety, so that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the tournament should be a lot of fun. I think we're probably going to do four rounds, but we may make it a little bit more based on you know if there's a lot of people wanting if to play. Interest, yeah. Um, so if you know if you've got an opinion on how many rounds you think it should be, well, it'll be at least four. I don't. I don't, we're not going to do a tournament. Maybe we'll throw three. a cut in there if it makes sense. We may do a cut. If we do a cut, it's going to be a cut to a top eight with another three-round tournament at the end. Or, or more and lar- more rounds. But at the minimum, four it'll be... Yeah. We're, we're not going to do cut games um, where the Some winner moves on. Yeah. Yeah. Because those games aren't very fun. And they're certainly not any fun to watch. They're not even fun to play in. No. Um, because it's just like running away until you can plink off one thing. Um, 
So fuck that. So at the very least, if we do that cut, it'll be uh, probably it'll probably be to top eight and um, three rounds at that point. Yeah. And then the winner of that tournament obviously would be the winner. Um, we'll have some uh, some alt art cards. I know we still have a bunch of our uh, Starhawk alt art alt art cards. If anybody uh, would like one, just you know send me your address and I'll I'll send it to you. Um, and um, let's see. Maybe other than that, in case, maybe it'll yeah, I think we're, we're gonna we're gonna prob- we're going to yeah we'll we'll, we'll, we'll announce this all on the Facebook and we'll have more information on our next podcast. We actually, we actually nail all this down. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some new uh, some new altar cards. I kind of feel like we need to do a Bail Organa definitely need uh, to do Admiral Bale. because we had Bail Organa already, but you can't use them anymore. <laughs> Anyways, so um, the next thing I wanted to, to bring up was the uh, we, we put out built a, a scenario for a, for a large battle. This is um, definitely on our Facebook page right this now. This is definitely on yes, our Facebook page right now. So go check it out. <laughs> uh, we did the Battle of Jakku, um, and there's there's some talk about the design and how we designed it in there. We, just, um, we really wanted to recreate like the feel of like the end of the Corellian conflict. We you just mm-hmm. have you just have all the ships on the table and you just go in and bang. Yeah, because yeah. we were just talking about how cool that was. Yeah, we had a really good time with it, and yeah. it took like all day. But um, and we we tried to streamline the process a little bit, so we came up with a whole scenario. There's like three different objectives kind of going at once, and it's designed to be three on three, but you can do it with a little more, a little less, if that... Yeah, and we kind of deliberately designed yeah. it so that the upgrades are light to keep yes. things moving fast, keep yeah. shit blowing up all the time, and right. uh, mm-hmm. to not get things bogged down so you're rummaging through yeah. tons of papers. Yeah, the vast up. majority of the ships are naked with a title and Link Turbo Laser Towers. Because that's all you need. Because that's all you need. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but it was, you know, we've, we've played it, I think, three or four times at this point. Yeah. Um, with varying sets of rules as we were testing it. Um, I think with the place we got it to is pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, balance-wise. It's, it's reasonable enough for the beer and pretzels type experience. Exactly. That and that's yeah. what's supposed to be. I mean, this isn't supposed to be some huge competitive thing. It's supposed to be a fun way to get the Superstar Destroyer Executor on the table and um, God, Starhawks and... And yeah. bang them All into the each Star other. Hawks, yeah. And it's fun. It's cool. I mean, I think I really recommend you guys do it. Um, I mean, you probably do it on TTS, but we did do it on a, uh, uh, a three by nine board. So you, we we added an extra an extra yeah. map essentially. Yeah. Post your pictures on our page if you do it. Yeah, if you guys you do it, definitely it. post the pictures. I you know I'm, I'm if you, if you have any a- issues accessing the document, let us know too. And we, I mean, we can send it to you directly too if you want sure. to. Sure. Yeah, or if you have questions, maybe or, there may be some. Yeah. Some clarifications that we didn't think we needed to make that we do. So certainly let us know if any questions on the some of the rules. We made a bunch of uh, custom titles for for this scenario. Specifically. Bill got his nerd on with this. Yeah, Bill really got his nerd on. <laughs> like we should probably talk about that a little bit. He, he went pretty hard on. Yeah, this. he went really deep. Yeah, it was a little unlike. Him. He went like real deep into the lore of the whole thing and. And Alpha like laid out the whole book scenario. Well, he, he and figured out he more went about deep it than into, I knew. Then he went even. <laughs> then he went really dove deep into it. Um, so you know, it kind of tries to mimic sort of what happened in the, in the in the in whatever book that was. I don't even know. It was the third aftermath book. The third aftermath book, which, which apparently the first two were garbage, and so nobody got that far. I, personally, I thought they got better as they went along. I, mean, like, I, I thought the whole Battle of Jakku uh, sequence was interesting, at least. Okay, I, I wouldn't say it was. Yeah. Great literature, but yeah, but the book wasn't as good as our scenario. I think that's I the bottom that. line. Yeah, yeah, um, and that instead of reading the book, you should play the Jack Who scenario. 
Yeah. Um, it's a lot more interactive, and you get to blow some shit up. Um, if you want to attach up. actual explosives to your ships, that's okay. It's up to you. That would probably be pretty cool. It would be cool. That we should probably cool. do that at some point. <laughs> um, yeah? We've all got enough Sierra 90s. <laughs> 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 <Like that rough. laughs> Certainly Hammer has. Yeah. I know I've got a couple I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little M80 in there. <laughs> I still want to live the dream of Rambo. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's a thing. And boom! <laughs> so you can take the side of an ISD out with it. Right, Dan? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Gerald's honor. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing it to life. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, we, are, we are thinking of maybe like doing some more scenarios, like at, like a Battle of Endor, maybe a mm-hmm. Battle of Coruscant, like once the, uh, the yeah. ships come out. Yeah, I think that. Battle of Coruscant's the one, personally, that I, I'm, I'm most interested yeah, in Yeah, it would probably be the most uh, different from Jakku, I guess. Yeah, and that way it's, yeah. you know, it's another set of ships that we're using, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, although, the flip side of it, it's going to require people to buy a shitload of Clone Wars stuff real uh, fast. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, what, what we did is... I mean, if you get three people to yeah, a side, everyone's three, buying a You got six guys... You know, you can make it happen, yeah. You're gonna, or, or players, I should say. Um, they might not all be guys, yeah. um, but uh, six players, and you know, everybody's collections, you can get there. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure we're not the only place in the country that everybody just, or a bunch of people, just buy two of everything. No, and can't be. yeah, I don't. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what most of us are doing. Yeah. <laughs> My God, did you see? Totally off topic. Yeah. In the the gatekeeper, like the gatekeeper one page. Okay. Fucking Lee. We got to get him out and like playing some oh, games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he we has, really He has do. a whole wall of Armada shit. Who and does? Lee. You know, and, uh, a gatekeeper, you know, an older yes. guy. Oh, that the guy. Yeah, 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 he yeah. Has, He's got a whole wall. He, he put, put this like He's been playing out. Armada from the very beginning. Has he? Okay. I, yeah, because I've talked to him about it several times does over the years. Does he actually like play it though? He's or? played it like three times, I, mean, I think. I, I feel like... Now, I mean, granted, I'm... What the fuck is he doing? This was What's when I problem? talked to him, like in Wave Three. He had played it like three times. So it's probably like, been more since then. He's but definitely more of a casual. I think player. Dane and I have talked collector. about this a lot. I think that there are a lot of these people out there who just buy the ships because I think awesome there are. Working. And that, that was me until <laughs> they like, just wait, like five. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at all the ships I had on the wall. And I'm like, I need to start playing with these. Or yeah, I need to stop buying. You're like, well, I spent two grand on these things. Like, I'm not going to stop buying. I just need to play with some them. of you people. <laughs> some of you people are probably listening to this show, and my message for you is: get the fuck out and play in some tournaments. Once COVID is over. <laughs> once COVID is over, and once there are tournaments, or even before well, then, join our tournament. We'll play. We'll yeah. play on TTS. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. If anybody's ever looking for a game and wants to uh, try it out against a, an ORJ cast member here. Shoot us a message. One of us will probably be available. Yep. Um, Especially now that we're into the TTS thing. We weren't yeah. really before. That, and, yeah, because, uh, well, you know, and we should maybe talk. And this isn't really probably the right segment for that, but who gives a shit? Um, like, cause I, we're, we're starting the new drive of fuck Vassal. TTS is the answer. Yeah. I don't like Vassal. It feels like I'm playing with cardboard cutouts. And I don't like that. And, and, and TTS this is, is way better. And this is really well, a recent development be because the TTS module used to be garbage. You're right. It like, did. Worse yeah. than Vassal. And now, I don't know when exactly it happened, but within the last few months, they've really shaped it up as people have used it more. As yeah, it's been this this calendar year. It's changed yeah. a lot. Well, uh, back just in, in January. I think like back like March, April, when we first locked down, we tried. I've tried to play with somebody on TTS. Yeah, and the mod was kind of garbage. And it was like, this isn't great. Yeah, and Dane played. Dane and I played a game early yeah. on too. I think, and, and it just wasn't. And there was a lot of stuff missing. It and was clunky. Whoever and, the like yeah. 
the like TTS wizards are who rebuilt the mod. Thank you guys. Uh, (laughs) If you want to shout out, let us know and we'll shout you out in the next podcast. Because I really appreciate what you guys did. Playing on these TTS mods, I feel I need to throw like some of those guys a couple of bucks. Probably should. I don't know who to do it to though. So yeah. let us know, because yeah. Um, yeah, we um... and that list spawner is money too. Like oh, that's yeah. worth mentioning. Whoever too. built, oh, yeah, yeah, you can just copy your list in from you know, all the popular builders, and any then of just, them. Yeah, it works with all of them, um, and then just boom, you hit the button, and your whole list populates objectives and everything, upgrades, um, upgrades, everything is good to go. the The mod is awesome now. Um, it, it's got the it's got a dice roller. It's a, I think it's the same dice roller from the X Wing mod. And the Legion. And the Legion has the same yeah. one too. But it's a good dice roller, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, and the mod is awesome now. So if you haven't played TTS, I really encourage you to download TTS if you don't have it already and uh, pick up the Armada mod. And play um, in our tournament. And play in our tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, these tournaments don't need to be super serious. It's a good way to, a good excuse to get some games in. Um, you know, maybe talk to some people you haven't met before and. Um, you know, with the, with the games in our tournament, you know, we'll be popping in and out of, of different rooms and stuff um, yeah. while games are going on. So, yeah. Um, plus, it might be a good chance to uh, try and beat your favorite Armada me- or, or a J member. Yep. Yeah. Whoever that may be. I was talking with Matt when, uh, before we were recording. <laughs> It's yeah. just like the fact that we're probably not going to have any major cons this year. I mean, that was part of the thing I liked about going out to the cons. You go out and you meet new people, play against different people that aren't. Yeah, cool when to that's you. the other thing that's cool is you know every little area has their own little meta, yeah, of stuff that works and doesn't work, and stuff you have to build against, don't have to build against, and you know we share a lot of what our meta is with you guys on here, which obviously is fine. Um, but uh, you know sometimes you run into stuff where people are you know you always got to be ready for this and like you know. We're, we're not ready for it at all. <laughs> no, <we're not. laughs> we might not be. I mean, depending on what it is. Um, like none, of us, none of us actually know how to play against Riken Aces because... Because nobody runs this shit anymore. Yeah. yeah. Don't bring Riken Aces. We, Fuck we that shit. We shame everyone into that. The shit's yeah. boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can bring it. We just, we'll just just belittle you. Yeah. And, then, and then lose. Especially and then... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll lose. <laughs> we'll lose a six five or a seven four, and then yeah, yeah, we'll whatever. Over. Yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I encourage everybody to hop in that tournament when we get that uh, get that going. We'll have details soon. Yeah, um, I think that's probably about it for how my rim tastes. I think we should talk about some other games now. I think we should. So we're gonna. Uh, this is the end of the uh, Armada talk. So if you absolutely don't want to listen to anything about any other game except Armada, because you only play Armada. Well, then just turn off the goddamn podcast. Don't be like that, But, yeah, that's a stupid way to be. I mean, it's not stupid. I shouldn't say that. That's not the right... That's not what I mean. It kind of is. Well, it is a little bit. But, like, you know, you should just listen to the rest of it because we're a great time. Um, So we're going to go on into uh, Current Hole, but not my bottom bitch. We'll see you there. I'll tell you what I'm doing this weekend. I'm getting laid. Six girls in college, maybe seven. I got a girl. On the side. All right, welcome to Current Hall, but not my bottom bitch. So here we're going to talk about a couple a uh, couple different things here. Uh, first, we're going to talk about uh, Twilight Imperium, 4th Edition's new expansion, Prophecy of Kings. Um, it's a big expansion. I think it's $100. Yeah, 
Uh, sounds right. It's yeah. close to that. Maybe just it might be yeah. just above or below that. It might be right around there. 110 yeah. or something, but who cares? Um, and uh, it's, it's a big expansion. It comes with seven more factions. So it brings uh, the total up to 24, is 24. it? Yeah, yep. 24 now. Um, although it's really just 22, but we'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, it, it really adds a lot to the game. You can play with up to eight players right now. Um, we have not done that yet. I don't know that I want to. Yeah, I have a feeling um, that six is still going to be like the sweet spot. Because I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll try it at some did, point just to do it at a Danecon. We but, did seven at Danecon right when it first came out, that first game with it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We and had it was seven. Fine. Um, they've got some new things in there, too. Um, and this, I think, is one of the one of the best improvements about POK, uh, Prophecy of Kings, um, it is the hyperlanes. Um, they've got some yeah. new setup options for playing with non-six-player games. Um, previously, if you played with, say, five or four players, you would have the exact same number of, of tiles on the board, um, but just less players, which means that there's effectively more space in the galaxy, right? Yeah. Um, because they're the same number of planets, but less people to take them. So it made it changed the game a little bit. Um, the game would feel different in, with, with less players. That's not the case anymore. <coughs> with five players... You take out essentially one slice. Yep. Yeah. And you know, now the the person who is in that gap, you can just jump right across it essentially. And it makes the game feel as if there's just only five players and just you know Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people were playing like this before yes. for five player games, but now it's official, so that's now it's cool. official. Yeah. Um, but it comes with the tiles and everything. There's a whole bunch more systems and planets and which is cool, some yeah. changes there. Um, Something that I think is cool about Prophecy of Kings is like one of the things you think about with TI is like, oh shit, it's complicated and it takes a long time. But mm -hmm. Prophecy of Kings doesn't really add a lot of what I'd call like rules overhead to the load. Like no. the, the extra systems it adds are pretty straightforward and they integrate pretty well. Yeah, if, yeah. if, if you haven't played it before and you're diving into it and you have the option to go into Prophecy of Kings, just go ahead and go into yep. Prophecy. You're not adding that much more. I wouldn't bother teaching somebody the base game and then adding POK later. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's worth it because I think the stuff that you because the things that you're going to learn. I mean, yeah, you'll learn the rules and stuff playing the base game, but then you're going to have to learn the changes and any mm -hmm. a lot of the strategy things you would have learned aren't going to apply anymore. Yeah, a lot of them will, but you know the game's not that different. Um, some of the you know there's new technologies now. Uh, which I think is really nice. You don't have to. It, it kind of eliminates the. If you've played TI four, you'll know this. Um, that you know sometimes you have to take a technology as a prereq. It's kind of worthless. And now the the one and two level technologies. There's a whole second set of them. So there's usually something that is going to help you. Um, the other uh, big change is just more objectives. And this is the yeah. biggest, biggest change to That's the thing I'm most excited about. For. And it's almost the thing that's most important, even though it's yeah. just like 10 little cards that come in the thing. Um, all the new objectives mean that technology is not as valuable because there's only there's still only however many technology objectives, but there's a bunch more objectives. Which, for those of you who have, are not super deep into Twilight Imperium, like the technology was a... The technology objectives were a balance issue before. Yeah. And now that they're less likely to come up, that kind of solves the problem somewhat. It does. It does. Yeah, and it even fixes the you know the technology faction that Joel Nar, um, for, for the most part, 
um, where they you know they were no, kind of broken, are. and I don't think they're broken at all. Anymore. They're still I, very strong. They're, they're still very strong, good, but they're nowhere near. But what before they were it was kind of bullshit. Like, yeah, because um, you know inevitably some technology objectives would come out and they just score them instantly. It's no okay. They got replaced them. by the structure faction. Yeah, there is a new faction that I think is we we think is broken. The Titans. Yeah. Um, they just everything is super synergistic and efficient, and in a game that's about those things. You know, when you don't have a lot of command tokens to play with, when you have an, a, a faction whose abilities were just like everything is free. I mean, that's kind of how it is yeah. with that. Yeah. Like, I guess I'll say though, like, we approach board games from like a hyper competitive standpoint, no matter true. what we're playing. And I think, yeah. like, in a game like Twilight Imperium or like Root, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, like, there's only so balanced you can really get with these games. Well, and and the, part of the balance is the table state. Yeah. Right? And, you know, if somebody's get jumping way ahead, everybody else is going to jump on them. Yeah. And that helps balance things. The The problem with the Titans is, you know, they have all the PDS stuff. And PDS was, like, kind of a little bit of a problem in base game anyway. And they just, like, kind of, they really ramped it up. Yeah. Um, it makes it... You know, it makes it very difficult to attack them. But but what I'm saying is that this is a balance issue that like your standard average player may not even appreciate. Oh, agreed. So possibly, agreed. yeah, possibly. Um, and I don't think it's a problem either. Like yeah. it's not it's not super extreme. It's not like oh, they always win every time because that's not even true. Yeah. Um, they just, yeah, it, it, it feels the, a little yeah, easier. I beat my soul. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And I think I the game I played them. I don't think I I didn't win either. Um, but regardless, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, One of the big the point is I really like about POK is it adds a lot more variance into TI. Yes. Um, which like I don't know I I I tend not to like variance in board games. I have a hard time explaining why I like it in TI. I, I just felt like even though I hadn't mastered the game by any means, it got kind of predictable as we dove into it deeper. Mm. And, um, you know, POK really, it, it, there are elements of it that can mix up the map. There's like an exploration element to it where maybe you'll find out that one of your planets is better than you thought it was. Or worse. Um, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there are new different events and things like that. And... Um, Really, it's just a lot swingier, and I, I think Twilight Imperium is all about like these stories about that you can tell about your games, and POK mm -hmm. really juices that up. So. Yeah, for sure. And they, they made the factions feel a little more different because there's a whole new set of abilities that that each faction yeah. has. Yeah, now. so each faction has like leaders now, yeah. and they all have different abilities that he'll give your faction. Yeah, so. and you unlock them as the game goes on, and you know, the, the second one, everybody's unlocked for that is different. Um, <clears throat> and what I really like about that is it gives new players and, and, and you know, existing players an idea of what you should probably be doing mm -hmm. with this faction. It gives you even more of a faction identity than you kind of already had. Yeah, and it, it really, like, it gives you a place to go. Like, especially as a brand new player, you can be like, well, what the hell should I be trying to do? It's like, well, you should be trying to do the thing that unlocks your commander. Yeah. Um, you know, which is different for every faction, but it Whatever it is, is they set them up pretty well where it's something that that faction wants to be doing anyway. And it helps set you up better for the late game yeah. without without having to know what's going to happen or how, how the game goes, uh, which I think is a nice, a nice addition. Um, there's also a little bit of, there's just so many things now 
that like it's hard to track all of it. Like you, I feel like it's almost too much to track what everybody can do at all times. Uh, and a lot of the new ability let you do things for other players um, or yourself. Um, and uh, that is just a new element uh, of you know things you can use to, to give people so, bonuses or sell to people or whatever. Kind of going off of that a little bit. So I'm, I'm the standout in the group where I'm, I'm excited for POK. But I'm not completely sold that it was a good addition to TI4. I am. Like, it, yeah. it, like as a as a net positive. <clears throat> Fair. So I think like part of the part of the reason I'm thinking that is like with all the extra shit going on now. There's when it was not your turn in the base game, you were still a little bit more involved, and I I feel that got taken away a little bit because it's so complex now because there's so much there's so much other doing. stuff going on during someone else's turn that there's just kind of less inter- there's a little bit less interaction going on because you can do more on your own because you can do more on your own and you there's less of a reason yeah to interact with other people a little bit okay you see but i feel like the new abilities since and i think this is something that as you play the game more, we are going to start being able to track. What I mean, maybe, I mean, yeah, that might come with more reps. Yeah. And once you start being like, Hey, well, he can help me with this or that, you know? So you, you know, you're looking for opportunities to try and sell what you can do to the active player. Um, I'm kind of in the middle somewhere. Like, I think that POK is definitely a net positive for the game and it makes it better. I think a lot of people were hoping that it would fix some balance issues in the base game. It definitely didn't it, do that. Oh, see, I think it did. I just don't I, think it fixed well, all of them. I think it, it changed them. I think that we're already seeing things like the Titans pop up. Um, so well, the, we're, we're, we're just seeing different balance yeah, but issues I think, now. But I think what it did is reduce the, the list of factions that are kind of busted from like four to like two. Now we haven't played enough yeah, of it I yet. There may be more. There may be three more that we haven't played yet. With, with, with we in terms of one of them now. Yeah, with, with <laughs> fixing balance issues, they didn't scale any anybody back, but they juiced like four or five. Everybody yeah, got more powerful, but some yes. got yes. more than others, and I think that they messed up the analysis in some places because, like, sure. Clan of Sar is one faction that everybody was unanimously behind as one of the stronger factions. Mm-hmm. And they went ahead and gave them some very powerful new upgrades. Right. That, yeah. That, Whereas, like Joel Nar, for instance, who was also one of them, the new stuff they got isn't that good. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of tried to balance it out a little bit, but they did make some questionable decisions along but, the way. You know, if, if, it could be more reps we need, or it could be more reps, or just you know, honestly, with a game this big with this many variables. I, I don't know that it's possible to make one where there's not a faction there, or two that's a little broken. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree I, with I, that that's too. why I don't think it's like a big problem at the yeah. end of the day. Because the thing is, even if we say, okay, there's, you know, let's say there's four factions that we like don't think really fit. Well, there's still 20 that you could pick from. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. assuming it's four, and I don't think it is. I think it's like two or three. And, and really, like, most competitive variants of the game whether you're doing space caps or something else people are banning at least six factions so mm-hmm. sure. um you know that's that's a valid way to play that's how we've been playing and yeah and once you get past those top six factions or however many you decide you need to ban most of them are fairly well balanced so mm-hmm. yeah and it's just a fun game i mean i think the mechs are a new thing that are added that it's a really yeah. cool mechanic that really works well and each yeah. faction has their own unique mech you so get a little cool. variance to your ground battles which were just kind of yeah, well, yeah, I mean, because it really helps having a ground unit that, like, hits on a little lower number mm-hmm. and has some sustained damage now. 
Um, so that, you know, it's, it's, I think personally, I, I don't really have any desire to ever play TI4 without the expansion. I agree. I don't either. So I think everybody should buy it and just play the shit out of it. Yeah. Or force one person to buy it and then you all just play it together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's all you need. It works. That, yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't know that there's too much else I want to, I don't want to get like real debt. No, we don't go, go, go listen to Space this Cats, Peace Turtles if you want to learn about TI4. Yeah, this is a TI podcast, <laughs> yeah. even though we play a lot of it. We play, still, we've been playing so much TI4 on TTS. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, well, I mean, one thing I, I, don't, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but March, like, honestly, we've been getting a game in like at least a game a month. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's like a game a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what's really great about about TI on TTS, particularly. Is, is, you know, it's, I mean, one, the biggest one is that you can stop, right? T, the problem with TI4 yeah. is that it takes four to six, six hours, six It takes at least hours. six hours, yeah. And that's not, like, six hours is a lot for a weeknight, you yeah. know? But, like, three, two, three hours on two weeknights is no problem at all, especially if I don't have to go anywhere, which is the case with TTS. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, been really nice. The other thing I really like with, with TI and TTS specifically, is that I think in TI it's really important to track what the other people have. And when you're playing at a table, it's impossible to do that without telling them that you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to like get up and stand over them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what what's that upgrade you got? Or yeah, right or there? ask. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um so, you know, it allows you to kind of look at what other people have got going on and, and what they have without having to tell them you're doing that, um, which I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it easier. I think it makes it easier to track what's happening on other people's turns and keeps you more engaged when it's not your turn versus playing in person where I feel like it's very easy to, like, not be able to hear them and they just kind of start talking to the guy next to you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's your turn again. You don't know what the hell's going on. Um, so, cause I mean, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things I think, I, I think TI is one of the few games that I would r- almost rather play on TTS. Plus the mod is ridiculous. The, the, yeah, the end of turn and combat is automation is really nice. Like, I don't know how this thing even, like, I don't get how it works. Like, this, you, like this you, is, this is why I was feeling it's like, it's, I need, I feel like I need to pay somebody for this. This is the best mod I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's not even close. When you play any other mod, you're like, it's like, I'm so spoiled with a TI mod now. That's like, anytime I'm playing anything on TTS, if it doesn't do like every little thing I wish it could do, plus a shitload more, it sucks. Yeah. Like, the it's so great. The Legion mod is the best I can come up with that, like, that comes close to this. But even that, I feel, could do, like, one or two The root mod is really good, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah. not as good. No. no. And it's nowhere near as complicated. Because, like, the T- TI is, like, maybe the most complicated board game, like, period. It's up there anyway. It's just, um, yeah, yeah you, certainly of games that are good and worth playing. Of, of like mainstream type stuff. Like yeah. I played, yeah. me and Bill played this game at Gen Con that some guy made that was the most complicated thing ever. Yeah, like there's some weird stuff that's kind of like. But like, I feel like of games that are actually fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's one of the most. It, it's incredibly complicated. Is mm-hmm. the point. And there's a ton of different interactions, and like this mod has all of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. you move things around on the map, and it, like, knows what's there and whose it is, even though the, sometimes the pieces are the same. 
I don't know how it knows whose infantry it is. Yeah. There's a little infantry tokens, and it knows whose infantry token it is. Yeah. But they're the same token. How could it know the difference between them? I don't know, but it does. I don't know. Um, Bottom line, it's really good. The yeah. best mod. I, I think it's the best mod on TTS. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Boom. Yeah. You said it. Hands down. All right. That's probably enough about TI. Yeah. The other game we're yeah. going to talk about is Root. Yeah, so this um, is kind of a new one for us. It's a new us. one for us. We've been really getting into it here. You two and um, Bill have gone balls deep on Root. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've all bought all of it, including all kinds of online expansions. and. So so Root's been out for a couple years now, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things that was initially like turning me off from it was like the theme, because you look at the box, and it's <laughs> kind of like cartoony, and it almost looks like it could be a kid's game, maybe. Yeah. But it's actually like a super cutthroat. Like, it almost really yeah. feels like a tabletop miniatures type war game, but scaled down a little bit. Yeah. Um, as far as how it feels. And the factions are. Well, all... I wouldn't say a w- tabletop war game because those are typically one on one. Yeah. I think that is a big distinction. Yeah. It, it almost is like a. I mean, it, it feels to me a little bit like TI Light. I mean. Yeah, a little bit. But it's really asymmetric. Yeah, um, and that's that's yeah. the big standout thing about it is it's like wildly asymmetric, asymmetric to the point where all the factions feel like you're playing an entirely different game. Yeah, like in TI, you, all the factions have the same like base that everybody's working with. Yep. In Root, like you're not even scoring points the same way from faction yeah. to faction for yeah. the most part. Um, yeah, you're so, all yeah, like, like completely it, different games. If TI, if you play it a couple of times, you kind of have the base game down. You can step into any faction, and there are and, and there are some turn, things that are good ideas for everybody. And, and after a lot like turn things. one or turn two, you'll know how to play that faction. Whereas root, you need to play like three or four times to really get an idea of like what a faction. I mean, I would almost it's it's to the point where like it, it, it's kind of a time commitment. Like if if it's a game that you you don't if you're gonna play a game once a month. And not the same one every month. Don't buy Root. Yeah, I Root would agree is a with game that. that you demands to be played multiple times, like a lot. And I think something that's happened yeah. with all—I think all three, me, you, and Bill—is um, that at first we're like, "Oh, this is a cool game," and then we played it more. I was like, "You know, this game is cool." And then you play a little more, and you're like, "You know what? This game is awesome." <laughs> and like, yeah. it seems like the more I play this game, the more I want to play this game. Um, and that's not really true of any other game, like even Ti, which is like. I think still TI is my favorite board game. Mm-hmm. Like, when I played TI the first time, I liked it as much as I played it last time. And, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I immediately loved TI. I was like, this game is the shit. And same thing with Armada. Like, the first time I played Armada, I was like, yep, this is it. <laughs> Whereas Root, it was like, oh, this game's cool. I would play it again. And you you know, guys actually bounced game. off of it the first time you yeah. played it. Like, well, that, I don't think so, you even finished the no, game. No, we didn't. The first time we played, we tried to play in TTS. Nobody had played it before. And it took yeah, us I, like six hours. I played once. And we well, part of it was we had six people. Yeah, we tried to play it with six. The game's really designed for four. And it was a shit show. And it yeah. took forever, and nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Because, like, everybody's, like, turn and actions are wildly different. Yeah. Like, you don't even, like, kind of do the same things. And there was just so much to track. Yeah, like, you've got, like, a cat faction that scores points by building buildings. Um, you've got, like, uh, you've got, like, a terrorist faction that scores points by spreading sympathy throughout the woods. Yeah, and the, the thing is... What, what you're saying, if you haven't played Root, that doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, and what, what's nice about Root, though, the flip side of that, 
as far as teaching it and playing it with new players or even with yourself when you're new, it, the, the faction boards that it comes with really do a good job of detailing what you do on your turn, how you score points, and how it all works for your faction. Um, the, the, the worst part, I feel, too, is like I try and... We try and get, like, get a new player into it. And my, my go-to to teach someone how to play it is, like, I tell them, I, I tell them just read your board. Yeah, well, it works, kind of. Last time we played at, at DaneCon, Luke actually kind of was explaining it fairly well. Like, how to, like, kind of, like, the basic ideas of, like, the game. And I was like... I you're like, know, oh, I that's a no way idea. better way to do this. It's, I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea how you're doing this, but... But keep awesome. going. But yeah. keep going. I, I guess that's, yeah. that's kind of the thing with it, though, is it's, it's a hard game to teach. and um, It is and it isn't. Like, I think it's a hard game to teach, but it's an easy game to learn, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you just have to play it. Yeah, and you're like, probably going to lose bad your first time. Yeah, I mean, ideally you would get four people that have all never played the game and all play it together. But, like, that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one person's going to play it, like it, buy it, and then try and teach other people. That's usually how things go right but even still like you know you're you're gonna lose like you're gonna figure out how to play your faction in the middle of game two yep (laughs) i feel like is where where it usually clicks for me in the middle of my second game with a faction i'm like oh that's what you do (laughs) i have no idea how to play cats i've played probably six times so cats are the one i haven't figured out either Yeah, but so, so something but, I like about it too is it's it's on the shorter end. So as yeah, for like quick. TI, you need yeah. to reserve like six plus hours. Roots like two hours. Yeah. So yeah. it's an easy weeknight game. Yep. The other thing I really like about it is that the rules are incredibly complicated if you just sit down and r- read them. But once you really learn them, the game feels light. It it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just kind of hard to articulate. It's just, it's, I agree. It's hard to explain the rules for like once well, you start playing it. The thing is, the rules sense. that are common, there aren't that many. Mm-hmm. There's really only like five or six. It's basically, rules. like movement, movement, and like combat, rule and combat, and that's kind of it. Um, and then you know the difference between buildings and tokens and some of that stuff. But that's all, and that and that all is common. And once you get that, you got to just kind of start playing. Yeah, the real complexity is just in like the interactions between the different factions yeah. and understanding how factions score and how quickly they score and what they need to do to score. Yeah, yeah, and, and when they can balloon and because yeah. some of the factions are very steady and you know just they need to keep scoring a you know small amount of points every single turn to eventually pull off a victory. Whereas other factions, you know, I like say the, the the mice or the the. Woodland Alliance, I think yeah. it's called. Um, you know, they don't score a lot of ton of points early, and then they have like these big turns where they score a bunch of points. Yeah, you know, towards the end of the game, so you got to try to not let them set that up as yeah. the other players while trying to do your own thing. And yeah. there's a lot going on, and it's uh, it's a really fun game. It's it's, it's I feel like Ti Light is almost a good way to explain it because it, it is light. Yeah, and it feels like, and then and the theme is something that like at first kind of turned me off, but it works. I really the the like it feels. now. It, like it like feels really cutesy, but it's secretly yeah. like really fucking cutthroat. You just you have to get past the skin of it, which it's got all these little cutely like. Yeah, but I kind of like the skin of it now. I do too. Like I, I agree. it, like because it's like it's like sort of um like a juxtaposition Honestly, with it, like you almost need to think about like if you ever seen the South Park with the Christmas critters. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what yeah. this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah there but, you go. <laughs> but it kind of fits the way the game feels, I think. Because it's kind of mm-hmm. like this, It like, 
complicated, but it feels light and like it, it looks like it feels kind of. Yeah. Like that's that's kind yeah. of where I'm at with, with okay. the artwork. Like and, I didn't you know, like it at first, but it's grown on me. There's uh two expansions. Well, there's technically three expansions. Um and they've done some really interesting things with this game. So there's there's a total of eight factions now that have been released. Um, with two more on the way, at least two more anyway. Yeah. Um, it sounds like this is going to be the final expansion that's going to be kickstarted. But regardless. I think they're um, going to do two more. But, oh, but yeah, okay. it's, it's coming to an end, I guess. And then um, there's also an expansion that has all of the base game factions to be run as bots. Where, so it has you know like an AI component. <laughs> um, and then there's some other rules in there. So you can play it cooperatively if you want to. Um, or even just when you're playing with bots, I feel like there's like a little bit of a cooperative element because you don't want the robot to win. Yeah, you that know? happened to us. Too. And then we, we just played yeah. last night where, the, where uh, Alpha let, allowed the robot to win. Like, <laughs> um, I was warning him the whole game. Nobody was listening. You were. Um, yeah, I think he heard were. me and he just thought he could outpace it. I, I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> he just thought he could sneak ahead of it. That was not the case. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, there's close, but, there's, yeah, there's a lot was. of different variation. There's four different mats, and then when you figure like every faction feels like you're playing a different game, and there's eight of those, and they're going to be two more, and then they're going to add minor factions yeah. soon. And yep. there's there's just a lot of content to work. There's with, a lot so of game to get through, and you know, like, buy the base game first, check it out, or actually, what I would really recommend if you haven't played it. There's a digital version of it that's on like everything. You can get it on Steam, Ten Android, iOS, PC. Well, PC and Steam is the same thing. But I think it's also available on major consoles. Yep. Um, well, Switch, I think it's going to get it. Switch I don't know is going to be it? on other consoles, but oh, yeah. Okay. Well, regardless, okay. just get it on your phone. Yeah. Or your tablet. That's I think that's the way to get it's it. It's got great tutorials. It's got a really good tutorial that only has the base factions, but. Um, you know, it's a good way to get a feel for the game. And honestly, that's the best way to learn the game, mm-hmm. is to play the digital game. It's got really good tutorials, like you said. And then you can just hammer through some solo games with, you know, all the different the four different base factions. And once you do that, you have a pretty good idea of how the game works. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and like Dane was saying earlier, like, it's the kind of game where, like, I've, I've already played a bunch of games of this, like, relative to other games in my collection. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm still just, like scratching the surface yeah of, like mm-hmm. really getting it yeah i agree um, so like, I, like I there's like two factions i think that like mm-hmm. i'm comfortable with mm-hmm. and i still haven't figured out either of them yeah like i, I just <laughs> anticipate that this is one we'll be getting a shitload of value oh yeah for a long we'll be playing time, this so. a lot yeah so, and, I, and you guys should too um yeah so i mean i think it's a good game to maybe like I think some people are doing this where they're picking a faction. Just everybody plays the same faction over and over again. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing that because I like to play the different flavors. Yeah, but you could. This, uh, is, a, this, is, a this game is a game where, where that would work. That. Yeah, yeah. Where that, you know, if that's something that appeals to you, this is the game to do it with. Mm-hmm. You guys can all kind of learn your own faction together, and and the interactions and metas or whatever will will develop. And and I think that would be a cool thing to do. Um, the flip side of it is I just want to play everything, <laughs> yeah, so I don't want same. to do that. Um, <laughs> And I also find, you know, and this is true with Armada as well, I find the best way to learn how to how to stop something is to play as it and then let other people show you how to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can't figure out how to beat the thing, use the thing and then let somebody beat you. Now you know how to beat the thing. Yeah. yeah. There's some validity to <laughs> that. There's a lot of validity to it. You know, I did the same thing with like with MSUs and Armada. I was having a really hard time with it. I was like, fuck it. 
So I started playing them. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is what you do. <laughs> yeah. Make the opponent stumble into the trap. And then yeah. See how the trap works. Yeah. Right. Right, exactly. Um, it's kind of weird that you struggled with MSUs at one point. I still struggle with MSUs sometimes. It's That's the type of list that I have a hard time with for whatever reason. I do too. Yeah. Probably because it's like been so long since that's they were all over it. the place. And that's certainly part yeah. of it. I mean, they were definitely out for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I used to have a better handle on them. And I think part of it is just, you know, we built things that are geared towards dealing with other things. But, yeah, you know, I just have a hard time with them. I just I always have for whatever reason. Because um, I kind of tend to focus. I think it's because I tend to, like, focus on something. Like, all right, I'm going to get that, and then I'll figure out what else is next. But when you're playing against an MSU, you have to play against the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I just always struggle with them. I, yeah. I, I really don't know why. Surprise Armada content after we said we were See? done. Yeah. There always is a little bit. There's one more thing. Yeah, we always come back around. Before we go, which is that Bill and I will be playing oh, yeah. in the Space Cats Peace Turtles Root um, Tournament. I so um, that is going to be on Twitch, streamed with commentary. We are going to be big time. And we um, we coincidentally ended up in the same game, so that is going to be <laughs> that is going to be fun. I want to watch it just for that. <laughs> yeah, I want. <laughs> maybe we should planned. maybe we should stream their stream. <laughs> we we, we should do our commentary. We should do the commentary on it. Me and you will overwrite their commentary. <laughs> so um, yeah, we're we'll, not going to probably do that. But it'd be cool if we did. We, yeah. we are We would need Brian to set up the technology yeah. for us. <laughs> I, can, I, I might be able to. You can handle that one? All right. Maybe, yeah. We are shameless self-publicists, so we will be posting the link to that before it happens. Oh, so yeah, yeah. You absolutely. should watch it. If any of you yeah, out there out. are involved in the Legion Invader League, it's been going on for about a week now. Oh, yeah. You and Bill are both in Bill it. Bill and Brian are both in it, and I just got into it today. I was first alternate, so I'm now in. Oh, nice. Someone dropped out. JJ's in it, too. He's, yeah, he's a fr- friend of the show. Yeah. And yeah, so that's uh, that's ongoing. So you might, if you're into that, you might see us around there. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's a um, lot of uh, anything else we're doing. I mean, hey, if you guys are out there and you want to get a, you know, you want to play Root or Ti, or and you don't have anybody to play with, you know, hey, let us know or hit us up and we can try and stumble through teaching it to you. I don't want to. Well, yeah, we can. We'll yeah, teach you. Yeah, I'll teach yeah, you. Yeah, that's fine. We'll tell you to play it on the app first, and then, but probably. But yeah. you know, if you just yeah. want to play, yeah. Or just play. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, that, too. I mean, that, that, that's more what I meant. Like, yeah. Learning. We're not going to sit down and, like, all right, this is what you do turn one. You do this and the Yeah, no. Right, no, no we're not going to do that. We're going to throw you in a deep end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you can swim, then cool. Yeah. And if not, well, then you'll drown. Oh, yeah. I'm a firm believer that you learn the most by losing big to people who know what they're doing. I so. totally agree with that, actually. I mean, that kind of comes back with my, you don't know how to beat it, I mean, play it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not it's, the other guy will show you how will. to beat yeah. it. It's, it's, it's coming from the same kind of place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I agree, too. That's the best way to learn how to get good at something. Watch other people beat the shit out of you. Failure is the greatest teacher. It is. I think Yoda said something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like something that would be on like the back of a cheerleader shirt. Does yeah. <laughs> Maybe one of those those things that someone has like you know printed on like their wall. Yeah, like a, like a motivational <laughs> poster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yoda seems like he should just like sit in their factory and just spew them out. I mean, he does you know, do that. You know what? That's not. That's not. Maybe that's baby Yoda, Yoda that's, is going to start that's, doing that's Mr. that. Miyagi. That's like a Mister Miyagi thing. Who's basically Yoda? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Mister Miyagi is just Yoda. Yeah. 
I never really realized that until right now. They're the exact same <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Because yeah. only one had powers. We're getting deep now. They kind of both had powers. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. You had like the hand thing. Had... Yeah. The th- yeah, you're right. The thing. I don't know. Well, you don't know what always weirded me out about that movie that I just thought was like, didn't make a lot of sense. Like, Mr. Miyagi is this, like, old Japanese dude who, like, doesn't speak that great English. But somehow he fought with the U.S. in World War II. Because doesn't he have, like, a medal from the U.S. military? Or is it a Japanese medal? No. No, he was in in the Army, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't seem... That seems, like... If he's been in the U.S. for, like, 40 or, like, 60 years, wouldn't he have, like, learned to speak English? I don't know. I feel I like he would have. Pavel Datsuk played for the Red Wings for a long time and never learned English. Oh, yeah. That's a very strong argument. Well, he did learn English. He was just really, really, really bad. He's just a good hockey player, though. Yeah. He just had accent or whatever. I mean, he had words. He just... He was really... a shit. And actually, Cobra Kai is awesome on Netflix. If you I've heard that. I haven't it, gotten it. It's really it good. Yeah. It's really good. Like, it's way better than it should be. It has no business being as good as it is. I've heard that too. Because it's like really, like still cheesy and like eighties out, but like it works. And I don't know how or why. I can't explain it to you. You just need to watch it. It's such a good show. I've been watching Vikings. Oh, I have too, actually. For whatever reason, I always stop watching Vikings and then go back to it. I'm like, why did I stop watching this? This is awesome. I did that again recently. Um, the Expanse has been really good, but uh, we probably yeah. don't need to talk about TV. You guys can. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've been watching as much TV as we have. I mean, yeah. yeah, we're all running out of things. Yeah, to watch. If you have some obscure show, let us know. Yeah, as long as it's good. How to deep dive some <laughs> yeah. sci-fi show? I mean, we're all be. Yeah, but they're all like weird, like hentai shit. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> or anime stuff in general. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of anime doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, no. I know a lot of people really like it, but I'm not into it. All right. Well, I'm not bashing people's uh, interests. Um, I think we probably should call that a show, huh? I guess so. Seems like a good place it's to end it. about that time. Yeah, I think Talk it's about, about that anime. time. I feel like this is... How, how, what, how long have we gone? Almost two hours. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's compact for us lately. It is. I feel like we went very fast this time. We did a good job. I think we did, too. I'm going to really pat ourselves in the back. I'm not going to do it. Hopefully you guys get to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha and I did it. <laughs> um, I think that's about it, guys. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your time. And uh, hopefully we'll see you online for the TTS tournament. See you, bitches.